party in Bedfordshire in which a man was stabbed. Bailey Bowen from Brickhill Drive in Bedford is accused of attempting to murder 23-year-old Rhys Bell in Beggary last October. Liam Daniels from Swale Path in Brickhill is charged with inflicting grievous bodily harm with intent on someone else at the party. The crisis engulfing the Liberal Democrats over allegations of sexual harassment against Lord Renard comes to a head in Parliament today. The peer is expected to rejoin the Liberal Democrat group in the Lords in defiance of Nick Clegg's demand that he must first apologise to the women who have complained about his behaviour. Lord Renard, the party's former chief executive, says he hasn't done anything wrong and is threatening to take the issue to the High Court. One of the women who brought allegations against him, Susan Gashak from Hertfordshire, says she is unlikely to remain in the party if he's allowed to take his seat without apologising. We will see if he rejoins the House of Lords and it is very much dependent on him rejoining the House of Lords whether I remain a member of the Liberal Democrats. The biggest issue for most of us is that we would like to just get this resolved and move on. A spacecraft designed to land on a comet with help from the Milton Keynes-based Open University is due to be woken up today. Rosetta has been in hibernation in deep space for more than two years, but scientists won't know until early this evening whether it's actually revived. Chris Carr is a Rosetta scientist working at Imperial College London and says the next few hours will be nail-biting. Absolutely everything does ride on this particular stage of the mission being a success. We have to get control back of the satellite so that we can start it to uh, on its journey to actually rendezvous with the comet. And the weather mainly dry with bright or sunny spells but cold with a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you Jane. Morning. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Monday morning. What? Where did that come from? I've had a nuts weekend. It was the, the, the boys' birthday party on Sunday. It was insania. Lots coming up on the show today, including a group of disabled people are challenging the bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy in the Court of Appeal. They say their conditions mean they need their spare rooms more than the average tenant and the government should cut them some slack. We'll have more on the row over Lib Dem Lord Renard, who's been told to apologise to women who've accused him of sexual harassment. Even though it can't be proved he actually did anything wrong. And there'll be some other stuff. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's going to be the first caller of the day? Could be you. Let's hope it's not Dennis. What happened to Dennis, John and Sue, that family that used to call in? We may never know. Maybe they'll call in today. Yes, in that order. No 
to love. Ah, fun times, fun times. Now, a group of disabled people are set to challenge the government's spare room subsidy or the bedroom tax at the Court of Appeal today. They feel they're being unfairly penalised for living in homes with an extra room because their medical conditions mean they require more space than the average tenant. Well, we can speak now to Anne McMurdy from the Public Law Solicitors. She's representing some of today's claimants. Morning, Anne. Morning. What can you tell me about your clients and the, the, the specific requirements they have? Um, well, it, it varies, really. Uh, and in a way, that's why we're representing several people, because there are all sorts of disabled people who need um, more space than these regulations allow them to have. So, for example, it might be somebody who has a need for um, additional medical equipment so um, they need extra space for that or it might be that somebody um, as a result of their disability unfortunately can't share a bedroom with their partner and they need to sleep in separate rooms um, or it might be um, you know there are other reasons why as a result of their disability they can't move for example um, one of our clients has a very, very serious learning disability and is blind, has lived in the accommodation all of her life 
and you know there's strong medical evidence indicating that she just simply wouldn't be able to um, understand a new environment if she moved into it and it would have a significant impact on her um, so you know those are the kind of cases that we're bringing before the court today to to you know explain that the regulations um, don't meet these people's needs what kind of effect are the changes uh, to the spare room subsidy having on their lives I think everyone, first of all, I think the main thing is everyone's extremely worried about the sort of long-term impact on them. The regulations reduce someone's housing benefit um, by 14% if you've got one room um, spare, if you like, and by 25% if you've got two rooms. And obviously over time, people are going to find themselves getting into very serious debt. These people are already on state benefits that don't have a lot of money. It's being reduced further. Um, and obviously people are getting rent arrears are going to accrue and I suppose eventually the real risk is that people are going to lose their homes as a result of this. Um, there's already been research done by various organisations since the regulations came in in April showing that people are going without food, they're going without heating, um, you know, other basic essentials in order to make sure that they can pay their rent. But that's simply not sustainable on a long-term basis and I think we are going to face a situation of disabled people being evicted. Well, you mentioned, I, I thought that, that people, vulnerable people like this were helped either with discretionary payments or the, the, just the way they were, they were handled and looked at. Is that not the case? Uh, the government has allocated some um, funding for what are called discretionary housing payments, but I think the name gives it away. They're discretionary, which means that um, local authorities can make these payments, but what's clear is the pot of money available doesn't meet all of local need, and all the local authorities are saying you know, that these are short-term um, measures. They're not benefit as of right. And obviously the situation for our clients is that they are unfortunately going to remain disabled. They're going to remain needing the extra room and it's not an adequate response to that simply to say, well, you can have money for the next six months because that, that doesn't allow them to feel secure in their homes on a long-term basis. And all the local authorities um, you know, we've had dealings with have said, you can have discretionary housing payment, but it's for a fixed and limited period of time. You can come back to us again, but there's no guarantee into the future that we'll be able to pay this. And of course, every year that fund is going to be revised. Any idea when the Court of Appeal will come back with a judgment? And, and, and are you confident that the government could be forced to change its position? We're really hopeful that, you know, in the court today that we, you know, we may succeed. We're not going to get a decision straight away. Um, I think it's likely to be a few months, in fact, before we get a decision. Um, as you're aware, Labour Party have already committed to changing um, the, uh, the bedroom tax uh, regime at the next election but I think between then and now there could be an awful lot of um, suffering and worry that could be um, you know, done without if the government reviewed this immediately which we, we would urge them to do. And I appreciate your time this morning and no doubt we'll talk about this again in the future that's Anne McMurdy from the Public Law Solicitors. Well we, we, we talk about the bedroom tax, the spare room subsidy, whatever you want to call it, quite a lot. Always keen to get your stories. How far are we into it now? Six months? Something like that. Someone will tell me. How has it affected your life? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. There are places I remember.
ballads, particularly the early ones. Ringo Starr's just still whacking away the drums. There's no subtlety or softness in his playing. Superb! Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. It's quite a foggy start today, especially in Bucks. A little bit busy as well in Brickett Wood. Already looking quite heavy on the north orbital at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Aston Rowan, Chinna Road is still flooded. That's closed between the A40 and Chinna. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 6.16 or thereabouts. It's Monday the 20th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. In sport... Last night's game saw Chelsea beat Manchester United 3-1 and Tottenham beat Swansea, also with a score of 3-1. Coincidence? I think not. The weather today, some bright spells developing but feeling chilly. 08459455555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Every weekday between 12 and 3, I'm here with a little bit of celebrity. My geography teacher at school resurrected a jazz standard song, which was Won't You Come Home, Bill Bailey. It made me dedicate myself to be trying to be better. I always felt that wasn't quite good enough. Expert advice. Absolutely, you've got it. You've nailed it. I am so happy. Thank you. And loads of really great music. Nick Coffer. Weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. We've had a little bit of a Dean Martin vibe at work this morning. You're going to have that vibe as well now. Here we go. I'm praying 
California So the grapes can grow And they can make more wine And I'm sitting in a honky in Chicago With a broken heart and a woman on my mind I match the man behind the bar For the jukebox And the music takes me back to Tennessee Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Who will be the first caller of the day? No prizes, just my respect. And even that doesn't mean a lot these days. Now, a Liberal Democrat from uh, Hertfordshire says she will resign from the party today if Lord Renard, the peer accused of sexual harassment, returns to the party. Susan Gashak, one of the women who made the original allegation, says he has yet to apologise to her. He, however, denies any improper behaviour and his allies are threatening legal action if he doesn't get admitted back today. Well, our political reporter, Paul Scoynes, has been following this story. Paul, what more can you tell us? This is all getting rather messy for the Liberal Democrats, Ian. Um, the peer, Lord Renard, who, I, as you said, sort of completely denies these allegations and indeed resigned uh, the whip from the uh, uh, from the House himself, whilst these allegations sort of came to light last year, um, is due to return to the Liberal Democrat group today. Now, there's nothing Nick Clegg can do about that. He can't force him to, to not be part of the group. He can uh, he can only make a very strong recommendation, which is what he has said, that it, he it, this whip shouldn't be restored until uh, Lord Renard apologised over these allegations of sexual harassment. Of course, allies of Lord Renard are saying, well, he hasn't done anything wrong, so therefore we're going to take legal action if he isn't allowed back in today. Um, he 
as I say, resigned the lip gloss. Yeah, there was these claims that he'd made unwanted sexual advances uh, towards several women, uh, including Susan Gashak from Hertfordshire, who gave an interview, first of all, to Channel 4 News on, uh, well, back last year, but also uh, then spoke openly as herself uh, uh, on Channel 4 News last Thursday. She spoke to the BBC last night as well and said that uh, if he was to be readmitted, it would seriously make her consider whether or not she was going to remain a Liberal Democrat. Indeed, there have been other women who've made these claims against him uh, who have already left the party. So frustrated they are that, uh, you know, the investigation that the uh, Lib Dems launched into this recommended that he should make an apology, even though there was no sort of uh, evidence, they said, or there there was broadly credible evidence. This is Alistair Webster. Broadly credible evidence uh, that events had occurred which had caused distress. Uh, and, And he was quite clear that Lord Renard should make an apology. So the party line over the weekend was that uh, he should apologise, he hasn't apologised, he's due to return to the Lords today, and uh, and that upsets a number of Two things, Paul, and we've we've been emailing each other before the show, so let's have this conversation uh, on the air as free as we can. Two things. I was surprised, naively perhaps, uh, that um, Nick Clegg can't just kick someone out of the Lib Dems. It would appear, I would have thought, that the leader of the Lib Dems could kick someone out. I'm surprised that he can't. But also, if the uh, inquiry uh, has, or the review, whatever it is, has found that Lord Renard um, didn't, you know, harass these women, why would he apologise? And and an apology would be an admission of guilt, wouldn't it? Well... Uh, well, I'll do with the Nick Clegg line first of all. So Nick Clegg has um, uh, control over the Liberal Democrats as a party, but the Lords, whether or not who is in the Lords, is dealt with by the right. sort of the, the the peers in the House of Lords. So it's a slightly different sort of constitutional uh, uh, sort of power that they have uh, indeed who can be a member of that group. So he, he can make a strong recommendation, which is what he says he has done, and. Um, Indeed, what the women have said he's done now. These sort of took a little while to to do that, but he's he's come out and said that um, the whip, uh, as they call it, shouldn't be restored until the peer apologised. So that's one thing. What that report by Alistair Webster QC found was that uh, this was the line here. I have to be careful because there is a sort of legal sort of uh, area here that we have to be a bit careful of. Um, There was credible evidence that events had occurred which caused distress. And he said in that that report, to have said otherwise would have been unfair to some of the complainants and would have deprived my conclusions of context. He then went to say uh, that Lord Renard should apologise. And yesterday he sort of backed up a statement saying the suggestion that Lord Renard might wish to apologise was not one I envisaged as being contentious. He said that from the weight of evidence submitted as being somebody who would wish to apologise to those whom he had been made to feel uncomfortable, even if he had done so inadvertently, mm. he would consider okay. it to be common manners. So there is, a, a, in that report, a balance of evidence suggesting he has done something. Obviously, there's no criminal evidence. You can't, you know, it's, it's effectively one person's word against another. And as, as uh, in that area, he can't be proven to the guilty, so to speak. And but, if I'm um, correct, Lord Reynolds, Lord Reynolds is, is denying everything, of course, and, and, and saying he's innocent of all accusations. Yes, that's right. It's what he said all the way through. Um, he said he can't understand these complaints, and um, uh, the, these are the, sort of that's the you know the, the, that's the problem they they find themselves in. In terms of the actual damage to the party, though, you know, the, it, there's 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 talk of women leaving the party. There's talk of women voters saying that they they sort of won't vote for the party again because they feel that this has to be sort of 
well. And, you know, I think it's actually causing a lot of internal um, sort of uh, problems within the party. They're sort of feeling of real bad blood now because, you know, the, what the, this report has quite clearly called for a peer to apologise. He hasn't done that. Uh, so he's ignoring that report uh, or at least sort of defending that report saying that, you know, they shouldn't have to. The women, at the other hand, saying, well, you know, we've we've been telling the truth and you know we feel let down by 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 the party for not for not enforcing this so it's it's becoming very messy and indeed it's becoming the only story that anyone's talking about in terms of the party so you know no one's talking about policy here they're all talking about you know this this allegation or these allegations uh, which at the moment are, are sort of uh, are limited to four people but indeed more people gave evidence to the inquiry so there may be more to come in the next few days but susan Geshak, as i say from hertfordshire lib dem campaigner known to the station has appeared on the stage many times before um, made these allegations and, and is absolutely standing by them uh, as is Lord Renard. Well I believe that Susan will be appearing on the show uh, a little bit later on if I've got my facts right. Paul thank you very much indeed. The fascinating fascinating story. It's a, it's a big standoff isn't it? Someone's going to come a crop up. Be interesting to see what happens. 08459 555 
for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Quite foggy out there this morning, especially in Bucks. Looking on the cameras, the M40 looking quite bad around Junction 3 to 4. In Hemel Hempstead, there are roadworks on the A414. One lane is closed there at the M1 Junction 7. On public transport, there's no reported problems. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. Some volunteers are upset they will no longer be needed at the Bletchley Park co-breaking centre in Buckinghamshire. The trust, which owns the estate, is using lottery funding to open a modern visitor centre. A teenage girl has been taken to hospital after she was found with serious head injuries at a park in Luton. The 15-year-old was discovered by a member of the public in Lusey Park just after 8.30 last night. A woman will appear in court in Edinburgh today, charged in connection with the death of her son. The body of Mikhail Kular, who was three, was found in Woodland in Fife on Friday. On to sport and in cricket, Bedford's Alistair Cook has indicated he may step down as England's one-day captain after Australia took an unassailable 3-0 lead in the series. Cook says he'll take stock after the next two games, admitting English cricket needs a lot of change because it's not been up to turn they've not been able to turn things around since the whitewash in the Ashes Test series. In football, Chelsea maintained their Premier League title challenge with a 3-1 win over Manchester United at Stamford Bridge. Chelsea are within two points of the leaders, Arsenal. And Tottenham moved up to fifth in the table with a 3-1 win at Swansea. The result leaves Swansea just three points above the relegation zone. After Saturday's one-all draw at Bournemouth in the Championship, Watford's goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain remains frustrated with Gabriel Angela's controversial sending off. I couldn't tell from in, in real time whether the player had gone down from a challenge from Fitz or from Manu from a distance I was at. So they're obviously closer to it, but um, you know we'll have a close look at the laptop on the way home, I'm sure, and then we'll be able to make more of an informed uh, you know debate about it afterwards. At the Masters snooker, Ronnie O'Sullivan beat the defending champion Mark Selby to win the title for a fifth time. The world champion raced to a 7-1 first season lead before wrapping up the match by 10 frames to four. In tennis, at the Australian Open, third seed Maria Sharapova is knocked out of the fourth round by Dominika Xibrukova. Sharapova left the court for a medical timeout before the final set and was defeated after losing the last two sets. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ever since you've told me that today is Blue Monday... You've been feeling blue. I've been feeling blue. I've got the blues. So what, what is Blue Monday? Apparently it's because a lot of us got paid early before Christmas. We're all feeling skin yep. and we've got the, you know, it's a bit limp since Christmas. Tell me about it. <laughs> bit, bit, bit limp since I've got... And married. there's not an awful lot to look forward to and the weather's... Rough. I don't want to bring you down, but uh, apparently it's, it's a bad day for everyone. It's about, I'll tell you why. Tax bill's coming up. Uh, car, my car insurance is coming up soon. You're right, I've not... No money's coming in, probably won't until the beginning of February. I'm not, you know, laying it on thick, but I'm it's... running out of contact lenses. Sorry? I'm running out of contact lenses. Oh, God. I've got to wait till February. Oh, I'll be wearing these specs for two weeks. Oh, don't you wear glasses, don't you? Yeah. Blue Monday, if you're feeling it, give us a call and share it. Or maybe, maybe converse, au contraire. You might be, love it, it might be, um, what's the opposite of blue? Yellow? What colour is the opposite of... Do colours have opposites? Rosy. Everything's rosy. Everything's ro- What's the colour of... What's the opposite colour of blue, Kelly? 
yellow. It has to be yellow, doesn't it? Yeah. Where does red fit in, then? Red's opposite green. No, it can't be. Well, I've decided. Oh, that's me. Sorry. You get, it's you me next door. It's not even my fault. Flipping it. Right, give us a call. Two, two, two things. Blue Monday, are you feeling it? And what's the opposite of uh, blue? Oh, hang on, let me do that again, because I've just realised what I've got song on. Call me now. No, no. Get what... Call me now. They won't ring. No, I don't want to do call me now, because I want to do... I've got... This is clever, what I'm going to do here. All oh, right, OK, I'll stand back. So, two things. Go on. What's the opposite of blue and Blue Monday? Can you feel it? Yes! I'm like Wally Webb! Shut up, mate. <laughs> Good morning, hearts!
There we go. The Jackson's there. And can you feel it? Well, it's good to know why we've had such bad weather recently. You read this at the weekend? Was this because um, it was our own fault brought on? It was the wrath of God? It's the gays! Right. You gays! You're the reason we've got bad weather! Because of gays! According to one former UKIP member... Don't know the gentleman's name. I don't think I need to know it. But it's, he, he um, stated at the weekend, the reason we've got flooding at the moment, or we've had flooding, is because David Cameron, uh, Cameron has uh, um, invoked the wrath of God by allowing gay marriage. That's... Is there anybody listening to this who believes that? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. That's that's nuts. I thought the wrathful God was Old Testament. I thought he yep. turned over a new leaf for the New Testament. For the new one, yeah, for the King James. Because he's... there's a chance of redemption because Jesus gave his life to save us. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't think he did thunderbolts. That's anymore. insane. Yeah. Oh, it's all you. The, re- the blooming rain. Gaze. Oh, gaze. Hate you, gaze, and the weather you bring upon us is gusting. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, what have you found in the newspapers? Well, speaking of gays, and I didn't know you were going to bring that one in. Oh. Uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin yesterday denied homosexuals and are unwelcome in his country. This is one of those I'm not homo- heterosexual because some yeah. of my friends are gay. He yeah. actually said that. And I like Elton John. Well, Point this? proven. What's Elton John got to do with... He's not, is he? No. I think he might be a bit, yes. Then why has uh, Putin introduced such archaic laws against homosexuality then? Laws against homosexual propaganda. This is the laws. He said the laws also covered child sexual abuse. There's all kinds of things wrong with that. <laughs> Lumping those two things yep, together. Yep. Uh, this is nothing to do with persecuting individuals for their sexual orientation, so there's no danger for individuals of this non-traditional sexual orientation who are planning to come to the Games. When they achieve great success, for example, Elton John, he's a distinguished musician and millions of our people sincerely love him, regardless of his sexual orientation. Yeah. As long as, listen, I don't mind what they go up to as long as you don't ram it down my throat, that's all. That's the only thing. Uh, but there will be people listening to that who'll be going, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That's that makes sense. There are people. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Uh, the Daily Mail: free parking for the obese. Disab- what is it for people who can't walk very well? Yeah, disabled blue badges handed out to those too fat to walk more than 55 yards. Obese drivers who are too fat to walk short distances are being given blue badges, allowing them to park in disabled base. The free permits for spaces next to shop stations and other busy areas are being handed out by councils to, uh, councils to overweight people who cannot walk more than 50 metres. And then you pointed this out. Pew, who is the male's equivalent of Matt, but not quite as good, has drawn a picture of a gentleman driving a hippopotamus and uh, two ladies outside the car are saying, I'm convinced he married her for the free parking pass. So sensitive uh, uh, treatment there of uh, fatties. What else he spotted? Loads of stuff. Um, I finally might be agreeing a bit with David Cameron. What? Um, he's banning his kids from having phones and televisions. Oh, I spotted Not that story. Forever. I spotted that story. I know, and I nicked it. Yeah. Um, you won't find it in that paper. It's in I this will. one. I will, actually. It's in here as well. Oh. You carry on. You tell me then, and I'll, and I'll back you up. Well, it's a story I found, and then you nicked. See ya. Strict Dad Cameron bans TV and mobiles. Prime Minister David Cameron. This is The Express, by the way, if you want to read a longer calf. Page 17. (laughs) Prime Minister David Cameron has given a revealing insight into his private life as a strictly traditional father. Who knew he was a conservative father? Who knew? In his family flat at number 10, the Cameron children are banned from having mobile phones, music gadgets or video games. Yes, because you are together as a family. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Uh, Mr Cameron, who's 47 and his wife Samantha, 42, before you wonder how old they are there's the information insists that instead five years is a good age gap between husband and wife i think do you think with her being younger we've got three 
That's, I mean, that's good. That's good. I think five is the optimum. Three's good. Three's, three's fine, isn't it? Any I'm less... glad you say that, otherwise I'd have to sack him off, yes. obviously. Any less than three and any more than five? <laughs> any less... Now, any less than three and any more than five, I think, really is just unhealthy. You think? I don't think it works. So Kelly's just uh, shouting him. What's your, what's your beef? What? That's silly. Why? Well, you just love who you love, don't you? And what's it will work if you make it. Oh, well, Harold no. and Maud. What's the, what's the age gap in your relationship? Um, it's about nine months. Well, then well, it that's won't fine. Work. Well, no, it won't work. Oh, really? Why? Too close. Well, it's worked for nine years so far, so... When did you get married? Oh. We're not married yet. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's still working. Thank you very much indeed. Kelly Betts there. The voice of youth. Oh, that's a good... I'm just... Can we... Uh, I'm going to make you, Kelly, the voice of youth. There we go. She's got a title. Thanks. Um, so if people, if youthful people want to phone up mm. uh, um, and talk about hashtags and lols, you're the, you can speak to them. It's going to be sick. Uh, what? Sick. S-I-C. Oh, that just means that someone's not said it right, but you're quoting directly from them, Shall I it? teach you a new bit of slang each day? Yeah, please do. Okay. Today's word, sick. I'll, I'll teach you a word. It means good, by I'll the teach way. you a word. You look mm. butters. <laughs> Oi! Oh, hey. That's rude. Hey, is it? Oh, I thought butters was good. No. Anyway, so the Prime Minister's not letting his kid do that. What do you think, Ian Lee? I know you have some thoughts on it because it's your idea. Um, page 13 of the mail. You stole it from me, so I'm not going to comment oh, on it. Oh, no, he's, he's I do. I, don't th- yeah, I think kids watch too much TV. My five-year-old um, goes a bit crackers if I let her play on the I- iPad too long. She has to get quite aggressive. My eldest, who was four last week, uh, asked for a laptop. Yeah. We said no. Then he said to my wife, well, your iPhone's broken, can I have that? We said no. And I know why, he, why it is. And this is the one thing that annoys me about the otherwise excellent CBBs is they're always, always banging on about the games on their website. It's true. And I don't, want, I, I don't want him to play video games at the moment. I don't think it's appropriate. I think he should be reading and playing and things like that. And I think to, to start at the age of four, I think he's a little bit too young. My five-year-old says, next Christmas I'm getting mobile. I went, who are you going to ring? <laughs> she doesn't even know numbers. I said, OK, well, next Christmas that means you're getting a job because you'll be paying the bill. Yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. You're five. No, you're not having one. She's old enough to work. Do you not think? A little Saturday job? Yeah, she does sit around a lot. When did you get your first Saturday job? How old were you? I was about 16, 17. Where was that? Uh, Woburn Safari Park. I was a monkey. No, I used to work... (laughs) I was a a burger flipper. Oh, you were were telling me about this at the Christmas party, yes. And I sat in the kiosks doing... um, uh, like fizzy drinks and hot dogs. Wow. But it was a bit of a slow summer for that. So I read about 11 books. I read all my uh, GCSE books. Wowzers. books. Wowzers. Why are you reading your GCSE books at the age of 16 or 17? A-level books. That's better. Changing it. I was Thank probably you. the youngest in the year. I wait four five nine four double five five. I was 15 uh, and I worked at... Yeah, I know. B-Jams. 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 And, um, you they, say worked. No, I worked flipping hard at B-Jams. It was a horrible job. I hated it. Um, but I was there for about three years until I got uh, until I walked out because they put me on the till one night and I hated being on the till. And it was in the days of the price guns. You put these, but all the stickers would always fall off frozen food. Mm-hmm. And this old couple came through, so I just made up prices like really cheap prices. I saved them about fifteen twenty quid. But one thing, I guessed the price and I made it ten pence too much. So they came back and complained that I charged them ten pence too much for their frozen economy sausages. And the boss, who was the deputy boss, I didn't like her, she went through the whole bill and went, you've made everything up here. <gasps> Rumbled. Yeah. So you walked out or they sacked you? I, I walked out. On the end of her boot. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Catherine, thank you very much. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 slow going southbound already today between 10 for Luton Airport and 9 for Redbourne. On the M25, struggling between 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also heavy going between 26 for Waltham Abbey and 25 for Enfield. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 6.46, it's, um, where are we? Monday, the 20th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. In cricket, Bedford's Alistair Cook is considering stepping down as England's one-day captain after another defeat by Australia. I suggest, yeah, he probably should. 08459 555555. Here's Elizabeth with the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's a cold start today to what is going to be quite a, well, a chilly week, a chillier week than last week. We've got some patches of frost around um, some of our temperatures and the weather stations showing uh, values below freezing. So, yes, it is a chilly start. We'll see some mist and possibly even some fog patches form through this morning. So tricky travelling conditions for some. Bit of a murky start. Where we do have some mist and the fog, it's going to persist, I think, for much of the morning, eventually lifting into low cloud. And where we do see the mist and the fog patches, then I don't think temperatures are going to get much past, say, 4 degrees Celsius, so rather cold here. Elsewhere, where we do see some brightness, uh, we might even get some sunny spells through the afternoon, then it looks like we'll see highs of around 6 or 7 degrees Celsius, so not too bad here. Uh, But staying dry for all of us today, overnight tonight, the mist and the fog is going to reform, really quite dense and extensive, more extensive into tomorrow morning, where it will uh, persist for much of the day. The winds are staying light throughout, and uh, tomorrow, rather grey, drab day, it is going to stay dry and uh, really rather chilly. In fact, staying dry until Tuesday night into Wednesday. So watch out for that mist and fog this morning and the temperatures are rather low. Um, without the sunshine of yesterday, not quite as sick as it was yesterday, I'm afraid, Ian. That's the forecast. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, Elizabeth Rizzini, you're getting all street and slang with us. Did you say what I think you said? Yeah, I did, yeah. Awesome. Was Thank you, Elizabeth Rizzini. You see, Kelly Betts? Yeah. She's butters. No, oh, no, butters is ugly. Oh, oh, I you, thought you it was. You mean tick? Sorry. You mean tick? What does that mean? Peng. But. Hey, here's some exciting news. Who knows what happened uh, on television um, on this day? Uh, Forty-seven years ago. Your career started. Catherine. Um, Dickie Davis was on. No! The Monkeys aired on British TV oh. for the first time ever. Of course. We'll play a monkey song, shall we? Yeah. Do you want me to put one in? Rows of houses that are all the same 
Taking a couple of days off in March. Why? Oh, yeah, to go and see the monkeys again. You know it! Every Saturday morning from nine, Justin Dealey, with three hours of great songs and great memories. Philip says here on the text, I saw the Everly Brothers at the Bletchley Leisure Centre. Playing your requests from the 50s, 60s, 70s and 80s. Tom says, uh, you play some great tracks today. You haven't played one that I didn't like. Justin Dealey. We had our listener votes earlier as well. Well, The Who, they won it. Well, very soon we're going to hear from Marcy Wilde, but up first, the American guitarist, Dwayne Eddy. Justin Dealey. Every Saturday morning from nine. And if you miss this week's programme, go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Now, I have, uh, the last couple of Saturdays, had the occasion to be in this... I don't know if I come in here on a Saturday, but I've been in this building uh, the last couple of Saturdays when Justin Dealey has been doing his radio show. And let's just say there's a very, um, a very laid-back vibe running through three CR towers. He has the lights down low, he has the uh, leather jack on, the shirt's unbuttoned a bit. It, it's a very relaxed atmosphere, and it translates to a cracking listen. I don't personally listen myself, but I've been told... Um, well, I've not been told that. I imagine... Uh, uh, the right thing for me to say is it's a good listen. So, you know. Andy's in King's Landing. Andy, Andy have you listened to Justin Dealey's Saturday morning show? Oh, I've got better things to do than that, honestly. Uh, uh, no, listen, uh, uh, seriously now, uh, you're winding me up this morning. Blimey, poor Justin Dealey. He puts yep. a lot of work into that show. I, I know, I've I, I, I picked him up before. He's all right, really. I'm only joking. Okay. But you this morning... Does he, is he, are, you a cab, are you a cabbie, Andy? I used to be. He's on landscape garden. Was, you know, was to... uh, uh, Justin a heavy tipper? Um, <clears throat> no, not at all, but he keep, kept banging his head on the ceiling and the, on the roof of the car, though. He's a tall boy. He's a very, very tall boy. But he did, yeah. did, would he leave any tip at all? Or what was his... What, what uh, did he, he normally he, do? He, he gave me a good tip. He said, never listen to Ian Lee for some Unbelievable. reason. Unbelievable. Justin so, Dealey. Yeah. I'll have words with him. Andy, what do you want? What do you want to moan about? Well, you talked a load of rot this morning about this age gap business, five and three. Yeah, now, five, five years is the, uh, the optimum time. Any more than five, any less than three, you are in terror. Oh, I'm sorry. You are so wrong. I've been with I've been with Liz, my my partner, for 24 years, and we've got a 21 year age gap. They're worth happy as ever. It won't last. It will. We've been together 24 years, mate, and it's lasting well. Who's and you're the oldest, aren't you? What do you think? Yeah, you mucky pup. So how old are you? Well, you you work about 50. I'm I'm 62 in April. Okay, uh, and I'll do the math. So she's 38, 48, 38, 48. Th- oh, I thought you were more intelligent than that. Come on. 30, 38. Yeah, she's 41. What? Hang on. Oh, this I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay, 21. Yeah. Okay, so she's 41. Oh, yeah. hang on a minute. So if you were with her when she was 24, she was 17. Uh, yeah, you got me there. Oh, that makes suddenly uh, that makes it a little bit seedy. She was 17, oh, you're 38. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, that's Andy. But no, 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 hold on, hold on. We've been together 24 years. It says it speaks volumes. Well, it I... was just pure, it was pure love at first sight. Really? Uh, honestly. Do you not truly. find that? My wife, five years age gap, right? And right. We, even, even with that age gap, we find that we quite often, when it comes to popular culture, like music or TV or things like that, we're speaking a different language. Well, do you know what? Me and Liz, we're tuned in so well on all, on all, on all aspects, and it's, it's brilliant. We're a perfect couple, mate. Really are. Come on, it's a perfect couple. What, do your, what, do your, um, what did her parents think? What did her dad think when you got together with her? 
Her dad is brilliant. Sadly, he passed away last year. Oh, I'm but, sorry to hear that. But um, no, her mother, her mother. I don't think she ever really uh, got to terms with it. But but there you go. Oh, really? The mum wasn't happy. No, no, no. Oh, dear. Sure. See, that's the problem, isn't it? Andy, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Bit of Glen Campbell and Bobby Gentry. Be rude not to, wouldn't it? Wonderful. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane blocked between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident, and there are queues on the approach there. The M25 anti-clockwise very slow now between Junction 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On the A1M southbound, slow going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Coming up, the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, how is it affecting you? We can talk about age gaps in relationships. Anywhere between three and five years is fine. Anything either side of that, and it's doomed, doomed, doomed for failure. Here's Jane Killick with the news. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30.
seven o'clock, I'm Jane Killick. For headlines, a rouse intensifying over the modernisation of Bletchley Park, teenager found with head injuries in a park in Luton and spacecraft due to be woken up, ready to land on a comet. BBC Three Counties Radio. A row is intensifying over the future of the Bletchley Park co-breaking centre in Buckinghamshire. The trust, which owns the estate, is using lottery funding to open a modern visitor centre, but some of the volunteers who've worked there for decades are no longer needed. Two of those leaving are Jack Darra and Tony Carroll, who believe the management have got it wrong. They haven't got a clue. They are ruining this place. We are all very upset about not being able to tell the story we want to. Sad, but not angry. Just sad that it's come to the end of an era. A teenage girl has been taken to hospital after she was found with serious head injuries at a park in Luton. The 15-year-old was discovered by a member of the public in Lusey Park just after 8.30 last night. Police believe she may have been assaulted. They're appealing for anyone with information to come forward. The Liberal Democrat peer, Lord Renard, is expected to try to rejoin his party's group in the House of Lords today against the wishes of the party leader. Nick Clegg says he should first apologise to women who've complained about his behaviour. One of the women who brought allegations against him, Susan Gashak from Hertfordshire, says she's unlikely to remain in the party if he's allowed to take his seat without apologising. We will see if he rejoins the House of Lords and it is very much dependent on him rejoining the House of Lords whether I remain a member of the Liberal Democrats. The biggest issue for most of us is that we would like to just get this resolved and move on. The mother of three-year-old Mikhail Kular is due to appear at Edinburgh Sheriff Court today, charged in connection with his death. Rose Deep Kular, who's 33, has been in custody since Friday. Her son's body was found in Woodland in Kirkcaldy in Fife, 20 miles from his home. An independent forecasting group is calling on the Bank of England to delay raising interest rates, even if unemployment falls below its measure of 7%. A report by the Ernst & Young Item Club says rates should go up only when wages start to rise. Scientists at the European Space Agency will attempt today to wake up the Rosetta spacecraft, a project involving the Milton Keynes-based Open University. Rosetta is 673 million kilometres from Earth as it heads towards its destination, a comet orbiting our Sun. Paolo Ferri from the European Space Agency says it's a very complicated mission. This is a fantastic mission, the first in history, trying to rendezvous with a comet, trying to land on it. It's a very long trip, but it flew almost 10 years in space. And in the last two and a half years, it was so far from the sun that we couldn't keep it completely active. So we had to switch it off. We have no contact since two and a half years. In sport, Bedford's Alastair Cook has indicated he may step down as England's one-day cricket captain following another one-day defeat against Australia in Sydney. The home side now cannot be beaten as they lead the series 3-0. The weather mainly dry with bright or sunny spells but cold with a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounters. Thank you, Jane. We're all talking about this... um satellite that's going to land on a comet or a meteor. Oh, there's a much bigger space story in the news at the weekend. In the Independent, NASA says Mars mystery rock that appeared from nowhere is like nothing we've ever seen before. They've got that probe, haven't they, on the Mars? A rock appeared, just appeared in front of it. It's made up of really weird stuff. That's what we should be talking about. There's the proof. If ever we needed the proof, it's there.
right, lots coming up between now and 8 o'clock, including a group of disabled people are challenging bedroom tax spare room subsidy in the Court of Appeal. They say their conditions mean they need their spare rooms more than the average tenant. What do you think? More on the row over Lib Dem Lord Renard, who's been told to apologise to women who've accused him of sexual harassment, even though it can't be proved he did anything wrong. We'll talk about Bletchley Park, we'll be talking about age gaps, we'll speak to Justin Dealey at some point as well. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Send me a text, 81333. Start your text, 3CR, or give me a phone call, 08459 555 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, and today is Blue Monday. Catherine, remind us what Blue Monday is. And We're what... all skint. Christmas is over. We're looking at the uh, weather and thinking, I don't fancy this. We can't afford to think about getting away yet. We're all miserable. Yay! And I'm running out of contact lenses. It, it, it is. A, when you put it like that, it's pretty bleak. I was feeling fine until you, I came in. I'm actually all right. Yeah? It's Monday, though, isn't it? You've been crying a lot today. Yeah, but that's nothing new. I know. I'm sorry about that. Well, listen, we'll, 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 we'll wait for... Anyway, 08459 455 555. Are you feeling Blue Monday today? Or are you bucking the trend and going the other way? Now, here's something you might want to have your say on. A group of disabled people are set to challenge the government spare room subsidy, more commonly referred to as the bedroom tax, at the Court of Appeal today. They feel they're being unfairly penalised for living in homes with an extra room because their medical conditions mean they require more space than the average tenant. Well, in a moment, we'll speak to Eileen Evans from uh, Bedfordshire-based Aragon Housing. But first, let's catch up with one of her tenants. It's Christine Cullerton from Shefford. Good morning, Christine. Good morning. Christine, remind us uh, and the listener of your situation. My situation is in um, March 2011, I um, downsized. I was living in a three-bedroom property with Aragon Housing, and because my children had left home um, and I was also suffering with a medical condition, I suffered with chronic fatigue, I took the decision to downsize to a smaller property, and I did an exchange with a family who were desperate for a larger property and moved to a two-bedroomed house in Shefford. Um, unfortunately, the stress of the move, and at that time I was still working, um, I became ill in April 2011 um, and became responsible for paying the rent myself. Up until that point, I'd never claimed benefits and managed quite well financially by myself, but I became my condition became worse um, I was unable to work, and I haven't worked for the last year. So when, when you stopped working, or shortly after, you, you went on to housing benefit, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. How does the condition affect you day to day? Um, it varies day to day, but um, there are times when I struggle to even get out of bed doing any small, simple tasks um, become really difficult. What does it feel like, this, this chronic fatigue? Um... It's a mixture of things. The best way of describing it, it's flu-like symptoms. So I get headaches, um, muscle aches and spasms. I feel sick all the time. Um, i dizzy. I suffer with um, feelings of vertigo, mm. so my balance is affected. Um, sore throat, cramps. 
So it's, it, it, it's pretty unpleasant. When the, yeah. um, the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax, came into effect, uh, do, you, do you know how much extra that's costing you a month? Yes, it's £60 a month. And Which doesn't sound much, but when um, I'm currently getting £100 a week, um, so £400 a month, that's a huge chunk. Um, Where are you I'm finding also... the extra money from? At the moment, I've been very lucky. My housing officer made a mistake with the amount of rent I was paying prior to the bedroom tax coming in. So I've been in credit with my rent. Nice little rebate, yes. Um, So at the moment, I'm only paying £15 a month towards the rent, and I'm managing that. And when will that change? When will that revert back to the, the, the price you're supposed to be paying? The 1st of April this year. That must be making you feel anxious? I have felt anxious since the bedroom tax was introduced. It's changed my whole outlook on life. Um, I was very happy here. It's not just about a roof over my head and having an extra room. If this property was a one-bedroomed, I would manage that. Um, Although occasionally I do have somebody to stay overnight because of my condition. I need help and support with things like getting washed and dressed um and cooking and things um but it's about for me it's about turning this house into a home it no longer feels like a home um because i don't want to do anything to the property because i don't know how long i'm going to be here i've still got boxes that i haven't unpacked so i don't feel as though i'm settled here um i feel as though i'm part of a community here i've got a good support network of friends neighbors my family are close by um so it impacts on all of those things on a daily basis. I'm just constantly worried about how long I can maintain this. Christine, allow me to play devil's advocate if you don't mind. Yeah, no. There, there might be some people listening to this who are saying, well, that's all well and good. You're in a, you feel like you're part of a community, but you're stopping um, a bigger family that need that extra bedroom from, from having that room, that people are living in cramped conditions because of what some people may perceive as your selfishness. What would you say to them? I understand that, but that's the whole reason I moved here in the first place. Um, It's... I did give up a three-bedroom property for a family who needed it. It just so happens that they had a two-bedroom property. Um, There are very few one-bedroom properties available. Um, My understanding is that even if a room isn't really big enough to be a bedroom... If the property is classed as two bedroom, then it counts as two bedrooms. Um, so I understand that people may say that I'm being selfish. If they could find me a one bedroom property in Shefford, then I would consider moving to it. Mm. Um, I didn't hear, I haven't moved here for selfish reasons. When I moved here, I was paying the rent myself and wasn't dependent on benefits. Um, how anybody manages to play the system i don't know i feel i've battled for two and a half years now to claim the benefits i'm entitled to um it's not a selfish decision it's my other concern is moving again would make my symptoms worse it's taken me two years to battle to the point i'm at now and it is a constant battle with my energy levels um and my concern is moving again would bring those symptoms back, and I'm back to square one. 
I'm hoping to reach the point where I'm no longer dependent on benefits, um, but obviously the stress of this bedroom tax and everything else that's going on in my life is just, it's not helping my condition, it's making things worse. Christine, I appreciate your time this morning, and I'm, I'm sure we'll speak again. Thank you very much. Christine Cullerton. Uh, from Shefford. Well, listening to that is Aileen Evans, who is the director of the Arrogant Housing Association, provider of affordable housing in Bedfordshire and the surrounding counties. Morning, Aileen. Good morning. Christine is one of your clients. Is her situation typical of the sort of stories that you're hearing? Um, yes, pretty typical. We've got, across the Grand Union Housing Group, of which Aragon is part, about 650 affected tenants and just over half of those have got disabilities um for some the situation is worse because in christine's case she hasn't had to have um quite expensive taxpayer funded adaptations to the property whereas many many people have and it's practically impossible for us to find um smaller properties for those people with disabilities to move to um that have either got the adaptations in place and of course you know, with, with budget constraints as they are, there, are, there aren't going to be the disabled facilities grants available for those um, people who need to downsize to have the adaptation all over again. Do you think the changes have ended up costing councils a lot of money in these discretionary payments that they can make? Um, well, I think, I, I think the discretionary payment system is, isn't a long-term system. It's created a postcode lottery um, and, and, and entirely subjective um, decision-making so that um, people with disabilities have got... They're, they're subject to the, to the vagaries, really, of, of, of local policy and local decision-making, which means that, so, for example, we had one tenant who was refused... Um, a disabled, uh, a, a discretionary housing payment claim um, because he had broadband access. The fact that he had a disability, he was a wheelchair user, he was seeking, on, he was seeking work and he was relying on his broadband in order to try and find work, but it was deemed that the broadband was a necessary luxury. Oh, okay. the, the system is expensive to administer because of the short-term nature of the payments and it's temporary. So, you know, discretionary housing payments are temporary. Um, you know, the, the government ha- had made that quite clear. They are short-term discretionary payments. They are not a long-term sol- solution. This legal challenge today, Aileen, d- 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 what do you think about it? it, it cl- clutching at straws? Um, no, I think there's some valid arguments there, and it remains to be seen whether or not the Court of Appeal um, will agree with those arguments. Um, uh, the, the arguments relate to children with disabilities and sharing bedrooms um, and uh, in the main. Um, and if you look, some, some people with disabilities or, or households with disabled children in them, it, it's very difficult for them to share bedrooms, and that's what the government says that, that, um, that they should do. So, um, you know, where a, where a person... Um, has their spouse or partner providing care for them, uh, then they're subject to the um, bedroom tax. Whereas if they had an overnight carer who was not part of the family, they had to have an overnight carer who was not part of the family, they wouldn't be subject to it. Mm. Um, you know, the, the, the system actually um, is, is pretty unworkable in my view. It will cost the taxpayer money um, if adaptations have to be reprovided in the unlikely event that we could find properties for people to move to. Um, it, it's going to be more costly. And for people trying to downsize into the private rented sector, 
sector. Well, um, average private rented sector rents are quite a bit higher than social um, rents. And if they're over something called the local housing um, allowance, which is the amount that housing benefit will pay, then the tenants can end up worse up anyway. Aileen, we have to end it there. We're out of time. Thank you very much indeed. Aileen Evans, Director of the Aragon Housing Association. Love to get your thoughts and your stories on this. 08459 455 555. Maybe you think... Um, the, the, the disabled people, they are clutching at straws. It's a desperate bid. And actually the system, this bedroom, the spare room subsidy, actually works quite well. Or maybe you've been affected for it and, and it's ruining your life. 08459 555 555. 7.16, we're a bit late. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident. Considerable queues on the approach there. The N25 anti-clockwise, very slow going between 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On public transport, Virgin trains have delays of up to 20 minutes possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. This is Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much. 7.17. It is Monday the 20th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. In Bedford, bed, uh, in cricket, sorry, Bedford's Alistair Cook is considering stepping down as England's one-day captain after another defeat by Australia. The weather today, some bright spells developing but feeling cold. Talking about Bletchley Park and some of the changes that are being made there. If you've been to Bletchley Park, give me a call. Let me know. What do you think? Old-fashioned? Past it? Does it need a boot up the backside? Or do you think, actually, it's a cracking place and it should be left well alone? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Inside Out East, as energy bills climb ever higher, we find out how a three-bedroom home can be heated for just £120 a year. And who's stealing your electricity? We're on the road with the energy detectives catching the thieves that make all our bills more expensive. Inside Out East, with me, David Whiteley. Tonight, 7.30 on BBC One. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. My boys, uh, for their birthday, four last week, two this week, um, got, uh, bought a book by my mother, Richard Scarry's Scary Scarries. I don't know how you say his name, Bedtime Stories. They're just cracking books. They're just like bonkers drawings with weird stories, okay? And they got Richard Scarry, Scarry's, whatever you pronounce it, Bedtime Stories. Now, get this, Kelly Betts. You'll, you'll appreciate this. Mm. So the first, the, the first story in there, it's about a cat... He's got a boat. Whoa, a cat's got a boat. Totes. I'm hooked. And he goes off for a little sail on his boat, and his wife's made him a pie. And then he gets overtaken by some uh, pirate mice, and he gets forced to um, live on an island. Mm. Right, but the cat's name Mm. is Uncle Willie. (laughs) 
Sorry? Can I borrow this book? <laughs> you can do. It's Thank a, you. It's a great Uncle Willie. So uh, w- my boys, of course, are finding that hilarious. Now, their mum read it to them the other night, and she's going, oh, I had a terrible nightmare reading this book to them. There's a character called Uncle Willie. <laughs> I laughed when she told me that. And she went, oh, not you as well. She said, the boys would not stop laughing out loud at Uncle Willie. And then I, the, the boys came downstairs, and they said, Daddy, Daddy, that book that Nanny Linda bought us, you'll never guess, there's a cat called Uncle Willie in it. So that all of yesterday was then banging on about Uncle Willie. Well, they've got a good sense of humour. They've got a cracking sense of humour. Uncle Willie, Kath. Uh, oh, dearie uh, me. Dennis! Good morning. Uncle Willie. What about him? Well, there's a name, isn't it? Of course it is. Yes. You, could, you would have thought that in a children's book, knowing that it's going to be listened to by four and two-year-old boys who have got the filthiest sense of humour, you couldn't put a character called Uncle Willie in there. Why not? It's That's just probably, it's probably what they call their little <laughs> appendage anyway. Well, they, they, they do, boy, I, I've, I've told the story many times about my eldest playing, uh, coming downstairs naked, pulling his um, willy and strumming it. And I said, <laughs> what on earth are you doing? He said, Daddy, I'm playing the willy guitar. <laughs> and then the other, the other th- thing, about a month ago, I went home and he was naked again. He loves being naked. Uh, I don't know where he got it from. Not me, because I hate being naked. But he had a blanket around his head and he was kind of wiggling his hips and he's going, woo, and I said, what on earth are you doing? He said, Daddy, I'm the willy ghost. <laughs> a willy ghost, Dennis. We've got to stop this, ban this sick filth. No, don't do that, because I've got to train my three, four concurrent grandsons about that. No, oh dear. Yes, they won't let go of them. No, anyway, <laughs> get rid of this Blue Monday. You should be laughing like mud now. Sorry, it, it is Blue Monday today. It's a miserable, miserable day, Dennis. No, the only thing about Blue Monday is you get rotten cars built on this day. Oh, what? Yeah, because they reckon people have not got their hands around the screwdriver properly in the car factories, and they get worse cars on a Monday than any, the rest of the week. I didn't know that people worked in fa- uh, car factories anymore. I thought it was all done by a machine. Well, that's probably the machine's not been adjusted properly then as well, you know. But no, what's, what's blue about Monday? Well, it, it's it's the Monday that, that we're in. It's the, the post-Christmas New Year lull. People haven't been paid. Bills are coming in. All these kind of things. But you're still alive, aren't you? Well, that's partly why we're so miserable. Oh, well, I'm the other way round. As I said, my resolution was to wake up every morning, so I'm still keeping a good resolution. Hey, do you remember um, Dennis from Luton? No, because that was a put-up job. Sorry? That was a put-up job. Anyway, he stopped calling in. I know, because Justin Dealey told me it was a put-up job. Don't want to listen. Hey, do you listen to Justin Dealey's show on a Saturday morning? Uh, no. Ah. I've got other things to do on a Saturday. We're trying to find people. This is not very good for Dealey, is it, Kath? No. We're, we're trying to... Find, we're trying to... Oh, dear. Well, OK, we need to plug it a bit more. De- Dennis, can you do a trailer, a little promotional message for Justin Dealey's Saturday morning show? Away you go. No, why should I? Let, let, let people decide for themselves what they want. You're, you're spreading the good word that he's playing music. If they want to listen to it, do it. I don't. I don't listen to music. OK, so if you could say, yes. Hi, my name is Dennis from Dunstable, and I always listen to Justin Dealey Saturday mornings Nine o'clock, BBC Three Counties Radio. He really plays the best music around. You've done a good imitation of my voice. Come on, Dennis, you can do it. All right. For, for Justin Dealey, I will do this. Saturday morning, listen to Justin Dealey. He plays some absolutely fantastic music. He's a rotten photographer, but he's a very good musician. Bye-bye. Dennis, can you do one for introducing as well? Introducing? Well, this is Justin Dealey. This no, is... no, 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 no. It's not Justin. It's <laughs> Gareth. Is... It's Gary Floyd. Gary Floyd. Who the hell's Gary Floyd? 
There He's go. got a pineapple on his head. Uh, <laughs> I'll just clip that, thanks. Dennis, thank you very much indeed. <laughs> C- Catherine, you were telling me about some of your girls' stories. Yeah, um, we read The Enchanted Wood by Enid Blyton. Cracking book, not read it for a long time. No, and when I got my old book out, and yeah. the, the names are different. Really? Yeah. Well, in what way? Because I know that some of the Enid Blytons are a little bit racist. Well, no, well... No? They've changed a bit of that as well. OK, good. But in the new book, mm. there's no more Fanny. <laughs> She's Franny. But of course, I can't read it without knowing that it's not it's not really Franny. I don't think my kids even know that word. Leave it in. If Uncle Willie and Fanny got together, what a book that would be. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let me just check. Yeah, we're still on air. We're still on air. I think we went up to the wire and had a little peek over it, but now we're back. Now, uh, on to more serious things. A row is bubbling away at Buckinghamshire's Bletchley Park as its owners attempt to attract more visitors. Thanks to lottery funding, the Bletchley Park Trust is planning to bring in actors and interactive exhibits to tell the story of the Codebreakers. But the changes mean that some small private heritage collections run by volunteers will have to go and the National Museum of Computing becomes an entirely separate entity. Its chairman is Tim Reynolds. Tim joins me now. Morning, Tim. Good morning, Ian. Tim, did you see this coming? Um, Yes, we did. Uh, And we spent a considerable period of time trying to negotiate a solution whereby um, any visitors coming to Bletchley Park will still be able to visit the National Museum of Computing and see the world's oldest electronic computer called Colossus. Do you think that Bletchley... um, old-fashioned's not quite the right word, because by the very nature of what it's displaying, it's old-fashioned. But do you think it needs to up its game? Um, Yes, I do. Um, And I can quite understand that um, uh, progress is required. However, progress started ten years ago um, with the building of the Science and Innovation Centre there, six years ago with the building of the National Museum of Computing. Um, I think that things are getting better in terms of curation. Um, but I don't think the solution in terms of the private collections was to uh, dismiss them uh, en masse. I, th- I think certain collections should have been supported with curation, um, uh, as opposed to throwing the baby out with the bathwater. So explain how it will work then. What, 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 when this, this funding and everything is, is completed, what, what will the difference be? Uh, the difference will be twofold. First of all, um, many of the private collections who have been there for 20 years, such as the uh, Churchill Collection and the Toy Collection, will no longer be available to the public and will be off-site. Um, the most um, important thing, as far as we're concerned, at the National Museum of Computing is that you will no longer be able to see Colossus, the world's electronic computer, as part of the visitor experience. So you will buy a ticket into Bletchley Park, you will see the Bletchley Park experience, which is relatively small and devoted to the Second World War and providing the context of Enigma and so, and, and, and so forth. However, um, if you want to see what is regarded as the pinnacle of wartime code-breaking, which is the breaking of Hitler's Lorenz machine, which was far more advanced than Enigma, uh, using the Colossus, um, you won't be able to see that anymore because we will be outside oh. of the pay zone. Um, we no longer are allowed to sell tickets within the Bletchley Park shop. Oh. So, so unless you're extremely determined or you stumble across the National Museum of Computing by accident, you won't be able to see it. That's not great for you, is it? Um, no, uh, we have, we, we're very well supported by, uh, by the general public and, uh, and certain sponsors. Um, however, the overall arrangement between us and the Bletchley Park Trust is, is, is unsatisfactory. We pay in excess of £100,000 a year to the Bletchley Park Trust uh, to run our museum. 
um, and to help them fulfil one of their charitable objectives, which is to pre- preserve the history of computing and our nation's digital heritage. So it seems uh, seems rather odd. I've had a, a, an, an email from someone who would prefer to remain anonymous about the whole uh, um, Bletchley Park. Um, when I went, uh, when I went, I found it to be one of the most complicated museums I've ever been to. It has no logical way around, and the amount of information dumped on you is bewildering. It's a flipping mess at the moment. The staff are very helpful and knowledgeable, but it's not a great visitor experience. Um, I would think that's, that, that would probably be um, deemed fair comment. Um, it is a mess at the moment. Um, the, uh, the evolution that Bletchley Park are going through at the moment is not being driven by the visitor experience, which is a shame. And as far as we're concerned at the National Museum of Computing, we've spent a considerable period of time trying to negotiate with the Bletchley Park Trust um, and not reached a satisfactory conclusion to have one ticket that allows the visitor to come into the park and see everything they want to see. That is the only thing that drives us at the National Museum of Computing. Well, Tim, let's, let's, let's big up the National Museum of Computing. What, what, what other bits and pieces have you got in there? Have you got things like Spectrums and Commodore 64s? We, we, we've, um, we've got many Spectrums. Fantastic. In fact, almost every weekend somebody turns up with one and uh, <laughs> um, we, we take it off them. But no, we, we, Send we, one we, my way, Tim. I'm looking for one. Well, listen, you're perfectly entitled to come and see us, but more importantly, we'd welcome you down there, Ian. Fantastic. Uh, but also on top of Colossus, we have a machine called The Witch, which is the oldest original working computer. Um, and it's, it's a place of magic that was started six years ago by some of my colleagues and is probably halfway towards becoming one of the world's best, if not the best, computing museum in the world. Tim, I apologise for not coming. It is a crime, and I will rectify that in the next couple of months. I'd love to come along and have a look at all the bits and pieces you've got, as I, sir, am a geek. Well, please, please let me know, and uh, we'd love to give you a tour. Tim, thank you very much indeed. That's uh, Tim Reynolds, National Museum of Computing. It is a crime I've not been there. I love all that stuff. You're right, I did start rubbing my legs, Catherine, Ooh, when he mentioned... Spectrum. We've got plenty of Spectrum, so... <laughs> I used to have one of those. I used to play oh. Outrun for hours. Oh, man, those rubber keys. Ooh. I love a good Spectrum. I like a soundtrack that you have to put in on a cassette. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the action on the screen. I wait for... <laughs> Tell my... Turn my mic off and left yours on. Quite right, too. No, turn it off now. Oh, wait, 459 555. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a lane closed on the M1 southbound between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road after an accident with queues on the approach. M25 anti-clockwise struggling between 21 for the M1 and 19 for Watford. On the A1M southbound, slow going between 8 for Hitchin and 7 for Stevenage. And on public transport, Virgin trains have delays of up to 20 minutes possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Jane Killick. Some volunteers are upset they will no longer be needed at the Bletchley Park co-breaking centre in Buckinghamshire. The trust which owns the estate is using lottery funding to open a modern visitor centre. A teenage girl has been taken to hospital after she was found with serious head injuries at a park in Luton. The 15-year-old was discovered by a member of the public in Lucy Park just after 8.30 last night. A woman will appear in court in Edinburgh today, charged in connection with the death of her son. The body of Mikel Kular, who was three, was found in Woodland in Fife on Friday. The weather, bright or sunny spells developing and mainly dry, with a high of 7 Celsius. 
On to sport, and Bedford's Alistair Cook has indicated he may step down as England's one-day captain after Australia took an unassailable 3-0 lead in the series. Cook says he'll take stock after the next two games. He admits English cricket needs a lot of change after not turning things around after the whitewash in the Ashes Test Series. In football, Chelsea maintained their Premier League title challenge with a 3-1 win over Manchester United at Stamford Bridge. Tottenham moved up to fifth in the table with a 3-1 win at Swansea. Watford are still pondering the controversial sending off of Gabriel Angela on Saturday. The match at Bournemouth ended in a one-all draw. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain remains frustrated. I couldn't tell from in, in real time whether the player had gone down from a challenge from Fitz or from Manu from a distance I was at. So they're obviously closer to it, but um, you know we'll have a close look at the laptop on the way home, I'm sure, and then we'll be able to make more of an informed uh, you know, debate about it afterwards. In tennis at the Australian Open, third seed Maria Sharapova has been knocked out of the fourth round by Dominika Sibrukova a day after Serena Williams' exit. So it's just Victoria Azarenka who remains of the women's top three seeds after beating Sloane Stephens 6-3-6-2. Andy Murray's match against Stefan Robert is underway and it's all going the Wimbledon champion's way. Murray took the first set 6-1 and is leading in the second. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Boing, boing, what can we get? I really want to big up Justin Dealey's Saturday morning show, nine till twelve, OK? And so far, so far... Well, he's not got many comps. The feedback's not been great. So, we want to record uh, some little trails, some little jingles to promote Justin's show, OK? This is the best we've got so far. Saturday morning, listen to Justin Dealey. Play some absolutely fantastic music. Yeah, that, that, that's from a man who d- never listens to the show. So, 08459 455555. Let's give JD a bit of love today, shall we? Shall we? I think he deserves it. We'll get him on in a little bit. I, I miss his dulcet tones. Carolyn Ware says, Hi Ian, I listen to Justin every Saturday I'm not at work. I love it. He's found some songs for me I haven't heard for ages. I love your show too. Love Carolyn Ware! Oh, Carol, I love you! Yeah! Jane and Milton Keynes, I love Justin! Oh, hang on a minute. Have you seen the text from... I love Justine. I love Justine's show. Oh, dear. Got the wrong gender, love. I love Justine's show. Every Saturday mornings, I listen every week. He plays great music. Helen and Milton Keynes. Why is it that in support of an extremist opinion... Oh, hang on a second. This isn't about Justin. This is about God. Why is it that in support of an extremist opinion... Thank you. Heavy stomps for such a tiny person. Why is it that in support of an extremist opinion, people always refer to the Old Testament and forget that Christ came to change all of that, which is why we're called Christians? They should spend more time reading the New Testament. This was the incredible story at the weekend. Former UKIP member, was he an MP? I think he might have been. Blamed the recent flooding we've had on... Anyone? On? That's right, gays... Yeah, you naughty, naughty homosexuals. It's all your fault we've been so damp. It's your fault we've had to wear the wellies. Naughty gays and what they get up to. Wanting to be married and monogamous. Terrible, isn't it? David Cameron has apparently, according to this gentleman, whose name escapes me and isn't actually important, David Cameron has invoked the wrath of God by allowing gay marriage. Disgusting. We knew it it was going to corrupt marriage. We didn't know it was going to corrupt the weather at the same time. 
This man said this. He's a bo- you what year is, is it again? It's, I, well, I, let, me, let me just have a look at the newspaper here. It's uh, January the 20th, 2014. Oh, I thought it must be the olden days. 2014. <laughs> you, I'm thinking of joining UKIP just to hang out with the fruitcakes they you have there. You can say there. what you want, can't you? You can say pretty much what you want. 08459 455 555. Mark's in Hemel. Morning, Mark. Hello, Ian, my friend. How are you? Uh, Mark, uh, we're not friends, just for legal reasons. I have to say <laughs> that. If I, if I agree to it, it means you can come round to my house for a slice of cake and a game All on the right, Xbox. Well, Mark, are you I- feeling the Blue Monday? Uh, yeah, I can see what you're saying. Yeah, I've just got a little... Um, little uh, I've loved the show, by the way. Thank you very much indeed. It's good, and, isn't it? Uh, Catherine, I think she sounds well tick and buff. Ooh! Now, um, Any- any chance of a signed photograph? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to spoil the illusion. Give it, can we send him uh, a car sticker or something? Uh, yeah, what, of me? <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. If you can see this, you're too close. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen Catherine? I haven't, mate, no. It's, I'm going by the voice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, fit on the phone, add ten stone. <gasps> I've got a policeman friend that says that. Isn't that awful? <laughs> That's a lie, Mark. She's well buff. Yeah, she's tick and she bum. She's, she's, she is, I'm going to try something here. She's butters. No, no, no. no. Butters is not attractive. Not ugly. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. Has she got dark hair, Ian? <laughs> oh, this is horrible. Yes, OK, Catherine's got dark hair. Right. It's long. She's got a very busy mouth. <laughs> she's wearing a, a red, tight dress that's a little bit too short for her age. Wow. Right. Uh, and she has hypnotic... Uh, no, not hypnotic. Drunk eyes. <laughs> <laughs> you still going for it? Yeah, go on. I'll have the photo of mate, please, yeah. We will make sure that ne- ne- never, ever happens. But, Mark, what have you called in about? Right, OK, mate. Yeah, just wanted to uh, give, give the your listeners a laugh. You're right, Kath. If you listen are to you me... Laugh- hang on, are you laughing or crying? A bit of both. I need to know for my legal team. Uh, a bit of both. OK, right, I'll, I'll, I'll send them an email to expect a call. Yes, Mark, please. Right, OK, yeah, if you listen to the start of Elvis's A Little Less Conversation, there's a drum beat in it right at the start, which sounds exactly the same oh. as uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of oh, It. Well, by a strange coincidence, we have them both queued up. I don't know how. Let's have a This is Elvis Presley, hang on. Right, OK, that's the drum bit, is it? Well, no, that's not, the, that's not the bit, no. Oh, all it's right. The re, it's the remix one. Oh, it's the on. remix version. This bit? No, that's not the remix version. Oh, we got... Oh, we go. no, keep playing it, keep playing it. Oh, uh, right, oh, flipping it. Hang on a second. Right, 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 here we go. Right, so... Here we go. This bit. Wait, what, what bit? No, that's, that's not the remix version. Ke- the one that was out about five or six years ago. Okay, Kelly, we got the remix version. That one works. All right, well, let's, hey, hang on, let's... Right, let's do it again, then we'll play the uh, I'm a Celebrity. Let's see if that works. Hang on, here we okay, go. Okay, mate. Woo! Yeah! He died on the toilet, you know. What was he doing? Did he fall off? Two. Right, okay, and then this is I'm a celebrity. Ow. I can see what he means. But it's the wrong version. You yeah, need... it's, the, it's definitely the wrong version. Can I try and find it, the other one? Oh. Yeah, please, because it's exactly the same. You've calmed down now, Catherine. Well, I've just had a phone call from Walter on his way to work who says I'm shakalaka boom boom. <laughs> That's going to put a spring in your step, isn't it? 
Kelly, can I have the clip of Catherine saying, I'm shakalaka boom boom, please? Of course. That's wonderful. <laughs> Catherine, it's not often a woman of your age gets so many comps. Wow, I know. I've got to take it where I can get it. Yeah, it, well, yep, that's... that's uh, have anyway, you found... let me find this thing. I can't okay. do all at the same time. Justin, be with you in a sec. Yeah, no worries, oh, boss. Mark, <laughs> hang on a second. Right. All right, mate, my friend. Ma- Mark, do you listen to Justin's show on a Saturday? I have done, mate. Yeah, she does a cookery bit, doesn't he? <laughs> he's really good we're yeah. trying to get listen I want to big up Justin's show on a Saturday having worked here the last couple of Saturdays I, uh, this ghost town is haunted by the ghost of Justin Dealey and I want to get some nice could, could you just say some nice things about it Mark so that we can use it as a little trail for Justin sure no problem away you go hello listeners it's uh, Mark from Emel good up for Justin big up big time he's better than Gino De Campo. <laughs> he doesn't do cook. Do you do cooking, Justin? I've never listened. Uh, no, right. no. This is what we had earlier, oh, Justin. This is from Dennis. Saturday morning, listen to Justin Dealey. Play some absolutely fantastic music. Okay. Uh, mm. but he hasn't listened, though, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. yeah. I know. Well, I, I'm doing it. I really thought this would be an easy one. We get people to phone. Lots of nice texts. Yeah. Uh, Carol says, I listen to Justin every Saturday. I love it. I love his songs. Jane says, I love Justine's show. Mm. Saturday mornings. I listen every week. He plays great music. I've been called far worse than Justin. I know, and I yes. apologise for that. Mm. I do apologise. But How you... do you spell shakalaka boom boom? I'm just trying to save it. S-H-A-C-K C-K A-L shakala A-C-K A boom boom. I thought it was just boom shakalak. Boom. It's the most ridiculous conversation that Catherine. That song's in if you want to just All right. Okay. around. We can do it now. So have a listen to this. So this is the remix of Elvis. Hang on, here we go. Is this the one, Mark? This is Bitcoin. This bit? It's coming up. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Right, and there we go. At last, sing hosannas. After ten minutes, we finally got to the meat of that meat and two veg sandwich. It's the same drum beat, mate. It's the same drum bit. I'm a celebrity has stolen from a, a remix of Elvis Presley. Mark, thank you very much hey, for that. Can indeed. I just say hello to all the, all the lads at MC, no, you can't. Now, Justin, <laughs> <laughs> you did it. Well done, Mark. Justin, yes. What, what are you doing? What are you here for? Well, here about Blue Monday. Oh, right, OK. Apparently There's actually reason to this. It's the most depressing day of the year. Now, yeah. they've come up with this because it's just off the back of Christmas, it's freezing cold, and people might not have a lot of cash. So today, apparently, is Blue Monday. It's the most depressing day of the year. Are you depressed? Uh, I, but, I am, but constantly. That's just yeah. my natural setting. <laughs> you, isn't it? Miserable. I'm a very miserable man. <laughs> well, to make people happy, I've got a few words here that'll certainly cheer people up. Yep. Engelbert, chocolate put. Yorkshire puddings, salt, porky scratch, <laughs> dirty dancing, porky and Coronation Str- Street. Porky there scratch. Yeah, Cor- porky scratch. Coronation Street isn't going to cheer people up at the moment. No, no, that's that, true, that, that transsexual's tonight, yeah. killing herself. Yeah, tonight as well. Oh, blimey. So, as it is Blue Monday, um, I've taken this one to the streets to see how people are feeling this morning. <laughs> porky scratch. Yeah, porky scratch. you telling me you don't like porky scratch? <laughs> Come on, you must love porky scratch. <laughs> Come here, love. Let me give you a porky scratch. Especially the hairy ones. <laughs> um, so, yes, I've taken this one to the streets. Um, talking to people about Blue Monday, and uh, here's what's happened. Shakalaka boom boom. Alan, good morning. Um, you look a bit depressed. It looks like you want to go and kill somebody. Are you feeling 
really depressed as it's Blue Monday? <laughs> I'm sorry if I look like that on a Monday now. It's just another day to me, that's it. Addy, it's Blue Monday, but you're smiling. You're not depressed, are you? No, happy. Can you cheer our listeners up with a joke or something? <laughs> I don't know any jokes, actually. Not one? No, no, I'm just happy. Just smile. Can you sing? No. Can you dance? No. <laughs> Can't really do a lot, can you? <laughs> no. Madam, good morning. From Ian Lee's Breakfast Show... How was your weekend? Was it good? Yeah, fine, thank you. Yeah? Yeah. Out of ten? Ten? So, yeah, uh, so-so. Not bad. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. So, are you feeling slightly more down, let's say, compared to yesterday? Yeah. I had a nice weekend. I had to go to work now. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah I know <laughs> what you so mean. Far, so far, I'm okay now, yeah. Because today is Blue Monday. It's the most depressing day of the year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Monday is the beginning of the week. I'll be fine, yeah. You sure you're going to be okay? Yeah, thank you so much, yeah. Do you want me to come with you? No, it's all right. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, as it's Blue Monday, I'm going to give you a compliment. I love your trainers. Where on earth did you get these white trainers from? Oh, <laughs> I've been having that quite some time now. They're worn out now. They need to be torn away from back. Oh, yeah, I can see the holes, actually, yeah. 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 Air conditioning. OK, yeah, thank you very much. Um, try and keep uh, keep that smile up for Blue Monday, yeah? OK, thank you. Thank Have you. a nice day. Morning, sir. How are you feeling? You look a bit depressed. Uh, not too bad. It is my birthday today, but... Oh, happy birthday! Thanks. Um, so, yeah, it's not, not too bad. Um, just missed my bus, but the next one's in ten minutes, so... You've been listening to Ian on the way here, so you know what today's all about, don't you? Uh, yeah, it's uh, Blue Monday. Apparently quite depressing. You feel depressed? Yeah, not particularly. Oh, no, it's, uh, I think today's basically what you make of it. And Ian's been saying, what's the opposite of blue? What is the opposite of blue? Uh, it's orange. Yeah, according to the colour wheel, the opposite of orange is blue. It's an artistic principle. It's why red is the opposite of green, and they go together. It's complementary colours. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How was your weekend? Brilliant. Today is Blue Monday. It's the most depressing right. day of the year, apparently. No, yeah. no, just take each day as it comes. It's a gift, isn't it? It is a gift, yeah. <laughs> Especially at my age. <laughs> and what can you say to our listeners to maybe cheer them up this morning? Make the most of it. It's there. Do it. You know, don't get... Chill, chill out. No, take life as it comes. Beautiful. Have a good day. Thank you very much. And yeah. There we go, you see, Justin. A lot of those people were very happy, weren't they? Well, yeah, you know, most people are quite happy. And I think, you know, w- w- with this report saying that today is the most depressing day of the year, all that is doing is psychologically making people depressed by saying it's the <laughs> most right. depressing day what of the year. What we need to do here, and on BBC Three Counties Radio, we need to promote happiness. And you yes. know how we're going to do that, Justin? Go on. We're going to listen to one of the happiest voices in radio. Morning, Matt. Ah, he's disappeared. He dropped <laughs> off the line. Well, it would have been a good gag if we'd have got there. Just, I'll speak to you later on. Yeah, take care. Cheers, my dears. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Major problems on the M1 today. Southbound is closed between 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and 10 for Luton Airport after an accident. Already queues on the approach there, which we'll be building. There's a lane closed between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road after an accident, again with queues on the approach. A1 southbound looking busier than normal today, queuing at the Black Cat Roundabout from the Kimbolton turn-off. And on public transport, Virgin Trains have possible delays of up to 20 minutes on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Alice. Right, 7.46... 
Uh, it's Monday the 20th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. And in cricket, Bedford Alistair Cook is considering stepping down as England's one-day captain after another defeat by Australia. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Let's get the weather now. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. We've got some rather frosty conditions outside this morning. Temperatures uh, widely below freezing across the three counties, so a little bit of windscreen scraping to do, I think, this morning for many of us. And also some mist and some fog patches around as well. So you will want to watch out for that possibly some tricky travelling conditions through this morning. It is going to stay dry today. Where we see the mist and the fog it's going to be quite slow to lift and clear at this time of year and the winds are very light too, not really helping things. Um, so where we do have that mist and fog lingering for much of the morning then it is going to feel particularly cold and temperatures probably not much past three or four degrees but elsewhere you know we'll see some brightness develop, possibly even some spells of sunshine as we head into the afternoon and temperatures here in the best of the sunshine up to six or seven degrees Celsius for in Fahrenheit. Now, as we head into this evening and overnight, again staying dry, the winds are really very light as well. We'll see uh, all of that mist and the fog reform overnight and into tomorrow. So um, possibly a little bit more extensive and denser, so possibly some, some rather difficult travelling conditions into tomorrow morning too. Um, temperatures down to one or two degrees Celsius. And then tomorrow, rather grey and drab day, I'm afraid, but it is going to stay dry until Tuesday night into a Wednesday. So a little bit chillier this week and not quite as uh, boom shakalaka laka boom boom as it was yesterday from that sunshine. <laughs> Listen, Elizabeth, Hello. you don't have to let them bully you <laughs> into saying words on the weather if you don't want to. I know exactly where this is coming from, and you are a strong, <laughs> fine, independent woman. You are completely butters, and you do not have I'm to. Not butters, we've been over that already. Thank you. Is but I'm sure butters is a good thing. No, you're bare grills. Yeah. yeah. What's that? You're completely <laughs> bare and buff, and you do not need to let them bother you and bully you, okay? <laughs> I'll try. I don't, I don't really like shakalaka boom, but isn't it like some. It's like from the 80s or something, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, if I said something wrong. So are you. <laughs> oh, no, you're, you're right, I'm, you're I'm right. being told that's boom shakalaka by Apache Indian. It's getting very confusing. Elizabeth, thank you. <laughs> we do here at BBC Three Counties Radio is we really cater to our target audience. Every weekday morning from nine, the JVS Show. Well, whose fault is it that there are so many fat people in this country? It's a horrible word. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. But why do you want to kind of tiptoe around the issue? People are people. People aren't fat just because they're big. Tackling your consumer problems. Over the last few months, I've been palmed off every few days. There are some absolute rogues out there yeah. in the car industry. Tim, I'm going to send uh, Wayne in yes, to you. Let's get some detail and we'll get okay, this sorted out. The JVS Show, weekdays from 9, BBC Three Counties Radio. All right, Ian, I like you. Let's go to Walter on the A1. Morning, Walter. Good morning. Walter, what have you got for us? What have I got for you? Shetalaka Bum Bum is actually a, it's a racehorse and it's running at Ainsley this, this year in the Grand National. <laughs> So, uh, are you the fella that called up and told Catherine she was shakalaka boom boom? She's shakalaka boom boom, all right. I can tell by her voice. So, what? I'll let Catherine deal with so, this. So, am I the horse in this scenario? You're the winner. You're the winner, babe. 
Sorry, on. She lets tiny men ride on her, and she looks like a horse. Uh, could I be a jockey? You oh, see, you had to take it there. You see, you see. Who did that? Yeah, you, who no, did that? you. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Have you seen the text support for Justin? Is, is there more text support? What yes. have you got? Hi, I listen to Justin's show in his million song jukebox, and it cases for everyone. Though he doesn't play my requests. Oh, bit of a dig. Oh. As it's Blue Monday, why not play it now? Biggest selling twelve inch that will keep a lot of people satisfied, and that's from Maff in Hanslope. Yeah. And Billy says, "Oh, I love a porky scratch. Hairier the better." No, I've never had a porky scratch. Oh, no, I don't fancy it. it. It's just, it's just like kind of pork gristle or something. Yeah. But you can get hairy ones. Well, because it's the skin, isn't it? It's the Scrapings of a pork. You can get roast. a hairy pork scratch. Mm. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Why would anybody want to do eat something like that? It sounds hideous. Let's have a quick look at some of the Facebook comments on Blue Monday. It's the most depressing day of the year, apparently. You do wonder where these things come up from. Buster says every Monday is a blue one, isn't it? Drake says, How can any day where Ian is on the radio be blue? Oh, Drake, you're flattering and scaring me. Uh, Andy says, today is a blue Monday for sure. My car just decided to stall and flood the carburettor. And Mark says, morning all, it can be any colour you want. And I listen to Justin Dealey and BBC Introducing with Gary Floyd every Saturday night. Well, there you go. That's good news, Mark. Excellent stuff. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a Liberal Democrat from Hertfordshire says she will resign from the party today if Lord Renard, the peer accused of sexual harassment, returns to the party. Susan Gashak, one of the women who made the original allegation, says he has yet to apologise to to her. He, however, denies any improper behaviour and his allies are threatening legal action if he doesn't get admitted back today. One of Lord Renard's supporters, the MEP, Chris Davies, says he didn't see why his party leader was making such a fuss. My interaction with Lord Renard ten years ago... Oh, that's, that's, that's the wrong clip. That's the wrong clip. We'll, we'll get that clip shortly and sort that out. That's one of the beauties of uh, doing a show like this. Well, we're joined by Susan Gashak uh, now. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Ian. Uh, uh, what's your reaction to what's going on at the moment? Nick Clegg is kind of sort of standing up for you to a, in a bit, isn't he? He, sorry, my daughter just said goodbye on her way out. Oh, bye bye. Have a good day. <laughs> um, the, the, the disadvantages of live radio. How old um, is your daughter? She's 10. Oh, fantastic. Magical age. Yeah. Well, I hope she has a good day. I hope so too. Um, Nick is standing up for us a little, and you are right in saying that, but this has been one hell of a week. I mean, all the man has been asked to do is apologise, and he just can't even find himself to do that. It's just common courtesy. Uh, it's a complicated one, isn't it? Because he's not been found guilty of anything uh, in the inquiry, has he? But he's not been found innocent either. Right. We were found to be credible and that there was, there was some evidence. And because of the rules that we have as a party, which now need to be revisited, um, the burden of proof is so high, it's that of a criminal court, where actually this is much closer to an employment issue. Now, Lord Renard, if, if he... Um, uh comes out and says sorry, is that not in some way... And by the way, he completely denies, denies everything uh, that's, that's against him, I have to say that. If he comes out and says sorry, is that not an admission of guilt that would then potentially open him up to being sued in, the, in, in court? Well, I, I 
publicly said last night on um, BBC News that I'm not going to sue him if he apologises to me. I just want my apology. Um, but there are others who might not think like that, aren't there? I, I don't know what the other, other three women and the others who have not come forward publicly are thinking. Um, so so I, I do understand his dilemma. Um, but I also understand my position because all I've done is tell the truth throughout all of this. The Guardian is reporting rumblings of a conspiracy between you and the other complainants. Uh, they say they, you're working together to have him stripped of his peerage. What's your response to that? I've, I've seen the article in The Guardian. A lawyer approached us, all four of us, together and offered us some advice. Um, I declined that advice. Um, I, d- I don't know what the other women did, and it's the only time that we've really communicated because we were worried that pe- people would accuse us of being a conspiracy to strip him of his peerage. Um, I don't know where the advice originally came from. Um, just this random gentleman contacted us saying, I'm on your side, this is a line you can mm. take. Uh, Renard uh, has said himself he did consider uh, a, a year ago apologising, but was rebuffed by the women. I guess that, that would include you. Um, no, he never came to me. He never asked me for an apolo- asked if he could apologise to me. Um, I, I would love to know when he thinks he's approached me to apologise. And is that all you want, Susan? What, what would an apology mean to you? Um, an apology would just recognise the fact that what he... I mean, I... I the problem is that there are, there are two sides to this. There's, there's my truth, um, which is that I felt that my personal space was invaded mm. and that he propositioned me in a way that I didn't want to be propositioned. Um, he may feel that that was entirely appropriate, um, which I find quite ancient and dinosaur-like behaviour. Um, but all he's got to do is acknowledge the fact that that evening happened and say, I'm sorry. It, it, it seems, and it seems over the weekend as this story kind of grows and grows, that this your case is becoming a bit of a political football. How does that make you feel? It makes it's horrible. <laughs> I must admit, it, it, I mean, my kids this, eve, this, this morning as they've left the school said, Mum, you better leave us some money just in case you get whisked off to a TV studio. Oh, dear. Um, which, which is horrible. Um, and... It's, it is a political football, and all I want is a resolution to this, and that we go back to talking politics. I mean, Nick Clegg this morning is announcing some really important um, and news about um, mental health services. And no one's listening no at one's all, listening. are they? And, and that is really frustrating, because we have some really powerful messages out there. So the stalemate's got to end soon, because we can't have this being kicked back and forth for the next three months in the lead-up to an election. I've been told that um, Lord Renard's uh, allies have said that to not admit him to the House of Lords would make the Lib Dems look like North Korea or the Ku Klux Klan. I find the language that's coming out of Lord Renard's allies quite amazing. I mean, I, at all times, have been very fair about the man. I have said that he has done amazing things to, um, for our party, which is true. We just don't like this behaviour. And then to bring for him to... His, him and his team to be bringing out this ridiculous language is just unbelievable. Susan, are you, are you still going to be a Lib Dem at the end of the day? I don't know, and that terrifies me, Ian. I've, I've been a Lib Dem for 25 years, um, and it's a huge part of my life. I've got people... I mean, I said last night, in all likelihood, I am going to resign today, and since I've said that, I've had people contact me in their droves saying, look, Susan, you've got to stay and fight. But how can I? It is a really difficult decision for me today, and I, I just, I, I, I'm tearful thinking about it. 
Um, it's ridiculous. Susan, I really appreciate your time, and maybe we'll speak later on in the week. Okay. Thanks very much for your time, indeed. Susan Gashak, I have to uh, say, of course, that uh, Lord Renard denies all the allegations that are made against him. It's a fascinating story, isn't it? Uh, And it's one that really is going to grow and grow over the week. 08459 455 555. Susan, thank you very much for your time. It's coming up to 7.59 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now with Alice Glossop. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, two lanes are closed between 10A for the Kidneywood roundabout and 10 for Luton Airport. There's no access to the northbound M1 from the Luton Spur at the moment. It's all after an accident and there are queues on the approach. There's also a lane closed between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road uh, because of an accident with queues from Bedford. The M25 clockwise is queuing after an accident between 22 for St Albans and 23 for the A1M. On public transport, Virgin trains have delays of up to half an hour possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Coming up more on the spare room subsidy, the bedroom tax. If you've been to uh, Bletchley, to the museum there, what do you think? Is it a mess? Does it need a boot up the backside? And what are you doing to get over the Blue Monday? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. The headlines. Woman from Bedfordshire talks of the strain of the bedroom tax. Teenager found with head injuries in a park in Luton and spacecraft due to be woken up, ready to land on a comet. BBC Three Counties Radio. A woman from Bedfordshire says the bedroom tax is making her feel unsettled in her own home. A group of disabled people will challenge the government's spare room subsidy at the Court of Appeal today. Christine Cullerton from Shefford, who has chronic fatigue, doesn't know how much longer she can make up the difference in her reduced housing benefit. It's changed my whole outlook on life. I was very happy here. It's not just about a roof over my head and having an extra room. For me, it's about turning this house into a home. It no longer feels like a home. A teenage girl has been taken to hospital after she was found with serious head injuries at a park in Luton. The 15-year-old was discovered by a member of the public in Lucy Park just after 8.30 last night. Police believe she may have been assaulted. They're appealing for anyone with information to come forward. A row is intensifying over the future of the Bletchley Park co-breaking centre in Buckinghamshire. The trust, which owns the estate, is using lottery funding to open a modern visitor centre. But some of the volunteers who've worked there for decades are no longer needed. Two of those leaving are Jack Durra and Tony Carroll, who believe the management have got it wrong. They haven't got a clue. They are ruining this place. We are all very upset about not being able to tell the story we want to. Sad, but not angry. Just sad that it's come to the end of an era. A woman will appear in court in Edinburgh today, charged in connection with the death of her son. The body of Mikhail Kular, who was three, was found in Woodland in Fife on Friday. The Liberal Democrat peer, Lord Renard, is expected to try to rejoin his party's group in the House of Lords today against the wishes of the party leader. Nick Clegg says he should first apologise to women who've complained about his behaviour. But one of his supporters, Chris Davies, an MEP, says he doesn't see why his party leader is making such a fuss. 
the whole thing has become like the Salem witch trials. And of course, Chris is not going to admit to something he didn't do. It is completely out of proportion, nonsense and outrageous. This isn't Jimmy Savile. This is touching someone's leg six years ago at a meeting through clothing. This is the equivalent of a few years ago of an Italian man pinching a woman's bottom. At 10 o'clock this morning, an alarm clock on board a spacecraft should signal the start of an unprecedented mission to land on a comet. It's hoped the European Space Agency's Rosetta probe, which has been hibernating in deep space, will wake up and begin its journey towards the comet. Scientists from the Milton Keynes-based Open University are among those involved in the project. And in sport, Bedford's Alistair Cook has indicated he may step down as England's one-day cricket captain following another one-day defeat against Australia in Sydney. The home side now cannot be beaten as they lead the series 3-0. And the weather, mainly dry with bright or sunny spells but cold with a high of 7 Celsius. And get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, busy morning. Lots to talk about. A bit quiet, I'll be honest, I'm a bit quiet on the phones. I'm a bit disappointed in you. I know it's Monday, but come on, please, pull your finger out. Here's some of the things we've got coming up. A group of disabled people are challenging the bedroom tax. Or the spare room subsidy in the Court of Appeal. They say their conditions mean they need their spare rooms more than the average tenant and the government should cut them a bit of slack. Well, what do you think? Keen to get your spare room subsidy bedroom tax stories. More on the row over Lib Dem Lord Renard, who's been told to apologise to women who've accused him of sexual harassment, even though it can't be proved he did anything wrong. Blue Monday, how are you getting through it? Can you phone up and big up Justin Dealey's Saturday morning show, please? Let's send the Dealey some love. And we mentioned earlier on age gaps. It's one of my bugbears. Between five and three years is acceptable. Any more or any less than that, it's never going to work. And the man has to be older than the woman. 08459 four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Always great to look at my screen and uh, we go to the, as we go to the next item and the words guest has dropped typed yeah. on the screen. He doesn't feel well enough to talk to us this morning. He's okay. talking about um, his experience of the spare room subsidy as, yeah. a, as a disabled man. So okay. I wondered if there's anyone else out there who can tell us how you've got on. I know there were a lot of fears yeah. as it was being brought in. So what's happened since? And it's affected lots of people listening to us in beds, hearts and bugs. And uh, I remember how long has it been in for? Is it six months? It's about that, I think. Let me Eight think. months. I think I'm going to say eight months. I'm putting my news hat on now, which is awkward when I'm wearing headphones. It's, got, it's a, a trilby with approximate news. It's a trilby with uh, the, the press card sticking out of the uh, rim. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Find out uh, how long it's been going for. But do give us a call. Tell us your stories about how the bedroom tax has affected you, particularly, although not exclusively, if you are affected by some sort of disability. I remember at the time it was being introduced, we heard all of these calls from people who were saying, ah, well, I need my oxygen canisters in the spare room. 
I need the spare room in case I have a carer come round and stay twice a week. Yeah, there's a lot of equipment that needs storing. Yep. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone number. Give me a call and tell me how it's affected you. Or maybe you think, oh, jog on, you slackers. Come on. It's been introduced for a good reason. Uh, Bill's, uh, Bill in Milton Keynes has emailed him. Ian, there appear to be two kinds of benefit claimant. Those who are feckless, idle scroungers who, when any attempt is made to make them work, scream human rights so they're left alone. The other claimants are in genuine need through short-term unemployment or disability. These are the people who are honest and try and play by the rules, therefore becoming easy targets and are made to suffer by having their benefits stopped. 08459 455 555 is the uh, telephone uh, number if you uh, want to give us a call on that. And uh, let me know your thoughts. Kath is... uh, Oh, no, uh, Kath. Yes, hello, Kath. Kath? Oh, no, Oh, hang on a second. Chris? Yes, mate. I do apologise. My uh, work experience team of Kelly Betts, who's been working on the show longer than me, has put caller name Kath, uh, and then... Yes, you have. have Yes, you have. How we do it, I put caller, and then I put what they're talking about. Right. And then I put the fader, and then I put their name. You've completely changed the system. So, for example, if you look at the one below... Yes, that's that's Kenny Rogers, who wants to talk about Martin Luton. (laughs) Is that right, Kenny? Yes. There we go, you see? Thank you. <laughs> so, Kath, you've called in about Chris on the A1, have you? No, Chris called in about Catherine. Oh, OK, right. Well, we'll, we'll play it by your rules, then. What, what would you like to say about the mighty well, Catherine? Well, Mr Lee... Hello, sir. You, you, you leave our Catherine alone, what? because she is the pin-up of the local truckers. Classy. And she, and not only is she better-looking, got a better figure, yeah. and she talks a lot better than you, with a lovely accent that she's got. All right, Michael Caine, yes. And she is one of the best on that radio station, along with our little Kelly. Well, hang on a second. You can't say you can't say the backroom staff. <laughs> There's a reason. Listen, if, yeah, if the backroom staff weren't working as hard as what they do, you wouldn't be sitting up the front giving everybody grief. Well, Kath, why are you pretending to play Invisible Bongos? That's me typing hard. Oh, for goodness sakes. Chris, you do not sound like Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, he comes from the same neck of the woods I do, mate. Can you say, can you say you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off? Yeah, you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. There and not a go. lot of people know that. There we go. <laughs> OK, so what, what do you, how, how can I make it up to Catherine, who has this morning been described as a horse? You can apologise. You what? Oi, you'll have a load of truckers down there, no. mate, screwing you. Do what? <laughs> no, see, it wasn't me that said it, it was one of the callers. Get out of here. You, you, you give them two girls a lot of grief, but you leave our Catherine alone and our Kelly alone. OK, uh, Catherine, Kelly, I would like to apologise. Thank you, Chris. The, uh, Thank you, Chris. I would like to apologise. Right, any, like any more uh, grief uh, off of him, you give us a ring. I, would I like, will do, Chris. Thank I would you. like to apologise to both Catherine and Kelly <laughs> that only common truckers like Chris have phoned up to defend you. They're British bulldog best of men, what are you talking about? Listen, us common truckers, mate, keep you on the road with your diesel and petrol for your cars and your belongings, like your clothes and your food. So give us a break, mate. Chris, I think you do an excellent job. Apart, I tell you what I don't like. <laughs> I don't like. I tell you what I don't like about truckers, right? What's that? Is that thing you do when I overtake you on the motorway? Then you yep. flash me to tell me I can pull back in front of you. I'll pull back in front That's of you whenever I want to, Chris. That, that is to let you know that there is a safe distance between us oh, and no, you. Oh, no, there's a safe distance. Safe, I've safe got distance eyes. Pulling. I've got eyes. 
Yeah, but it's also people like you that come across, what? come up the side of us and cut us up because you want to get in front of us to get in the space that's between us and the next car in front. Dearie, mate. Chris, I love it when truckers flash. <laughs> Chris, thank you very oh, much for your one. call, mate. See you later on. Don't don't build, build up your parts. Hey, I found my niche. Don't do that movement either. That's horrible. I like it. Shaka, like a move. That poor that poor chair. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Kenny Rogers has called in to talk about Matt in Luton. Yes, Kenny. Hello, yeah. Hello, mate. Hello, Matt. What can I do for you? Uh, where's my Kenny Rogers daytime friends? Right. Find daytime friends by Kenny Rogers now. Now, because this is just, this is ridiculous. We are letting down... Sorry, I didn't hear a please there, Ian. This is an order. Would you, oh. would you find, I'm not going to say a please on air. Would you find Kenny Rogers, daytime friends, nighttime lovers? No, it's just called daytime friends. Uh, it, it's called, so find daytime friends by Kenny Rogers uh, so that we can play it for Matt in Luton. Here it comes. You had a good weekend, Matt? Brilliant. How's Margaret doing? Margaret's pretty good. She's pretty good. She, she's still I in the hospital. Singing, I was singing Kenny Rogers to her on Sunday. Oh dear, poor thing. <laughs> no wonder she's in hospital, Matt. If that's <laughs> what's going on, is she is she feeling any better? Yes, yeah, she's better, but she'll be still in hospital for a while yet. You got, got any idea when she's coming out? It could be the end of this week. Probably. Okay. Well, it's, 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 it, they're keeping her in for a reason, so it's the best place for her to be, isn't it? Yes, thank you, Ian. Appreciate it's, it. it's always a pleasure. Yeah. Here we go. This is, ladies and gentlemen, for Martin Luton, Kenny oh, Rogers. Yes. But the thing is, Matt, yes. you've got to sing along. That's right. Here we go. Again. But she knows there's something going on. She's been neglected, and she needs a friend. So a trembling finger down the telephone. Lord, it hurts We'll join you in the chorus, Matt. Keep going. He's the best friend that her husband ever knew. When she's lonely, he's more than just a friend. Join in, Stephen. Here comes the chorus, everybody. Yeah, here we go. Daytime friends and nighttime lovers. What they do in the sea, friends and nighttime lovers. Matt, you're a good sport. Thank you very much indeed. Excellent stuff. He's got some pipes, hasn't he? He's got some pipes. Was he crying there? <laughs> he was, well, it's a sad story. It's about a married man, a married woman. They're friends in the daytime. At nighttime, they're lovers. And they're not married to... The, they've married... I missed a bit of the story. So the man is married to Matt's woman... Matt's gone. Okay. The man is married... Stay there, Stephen. The man is married to woman A. Right. The woman is married to man uh, B. B. Let's call her Mrs. B. Wait, Mr. A. Okay, Mr. So Mr. Mr. and Mrs. A, the man is Mr. and Mrs. A. Yeah. The woman is Mrs. B and Mr. A. Mr. B. What? Okay. And Mr. A and Mrs. B in the daytime, they're friends. Right. In the nighttime, they're lovers. What about the what about Mrs. 
B and Mr A? They don't know. They don't know oh. what's going on. You they see. should be brought into the equation, John. No, it's not about swingers. The, no, but what I mean is they should know Matt, about what's Matt, going on. I, I think you, Matt from Hanslope would not be listening to a song about swingers, OK? And that is inappropriate for you to say that, OK? So th- just, just don't even go there. Steve. Good morning. It's a messy equation, and only someone with the talent and skills like Mr Kenny Rogers could put what is actually a really, really nasty situation into such a catchy pop song. <laughs> <laughs> it's a horrible story, but he's, he's, uh, he's made it catchy, he's made it sound a little bit funky, a little bit country. Uh, and it really... It's just the same as Coward of the County. Well, Coward of the County, though, there's a, there's a terrifying story. And The Gambler. And you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Four uh, hungry children and a crop in the field. Yeah, me. Yeah. Ruby, don't take your love to tell. What Kenny Rogers does... Can we get Kenny Rogers on the show? Thank you. What? Sorry? No. OK. What Kenny Rogers does <laughs> is he takes really painful stories and makes them catchy, slightly country. You've just coined what, what is country music at, at its absolute core. Yeah. Five chords and the truth. There we go. Thank you very much indeed, she says. Have you been smoking something today, Catherine? Because you're in a very, very relaxed mood. I'm feeling massively shakalaka boom boom. OK. Is that like boom shakalaka the horse? <laughs> a little. OK. Steve, what do you want? I want to tell you that Justin Dealey's show on a Saturday is absolutely brilliant. Do you listen to it? I listen to it. I mean, who else can you phone up and say... Can you play me the congregation and softly whispering I love you and he does it for you. He's a good absolutely a star. Okay. Can you can you say it but sound convinced this time? He's a really good star. He's an absolute amazing man. Okay, now it sounds like you're being sarcastic, Steve. For goodness sakes. One southbound, the Luton Spur has two lanes closed between the Kidneywood Roundabout and 10 for Luton Airport. No access to the northbound M1 there because the spur road being closed, but there are queues on the uh, approach after an accident. A lane closed between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident. Queues going back to Bedford. And the N25 clockwise also queuing after an accident between 22 for St Albans and 23 for the A1M. On public transport, Virgin trains have delays of half an hour possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Very professional, Alice. Let's never mention this happened, OK? Thank, thank you very much indeed. It's 8.16, it's Monday, the 20th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. In cricket, Bedford's Alastair Cook is considering stepping down as England's one-day captain after another defeat by Australia. The weather, some bright spells developing, but feeling cold. BBC Three Counties Radio. On Tuesday night, MK Dons are on the road again. And we'll be with them every step of the way. They're going to be a team that's going to be very, very difficult to beat. We'll bring you all the build-up as they travel northwest to take on crew. Then the whole game is live right here. Oh, what a lovely goal! Premier League quality about that goal. Followed by all the reaction from inside the stadium. That's remarkable. I don't think there's many anywhere in the country that, that can bolster that youth and energy. Crew versus MK Dons, Tuesday night from 7 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. Let's have it. This is Ian Lee. Yes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, these are very loud. Sorry? <laughs> what are you complaining about? Twelve seconds. These, into? these headphones are very loud. Take them off. Just on my left hand side. You don't need them. What? I like them. 
Well, then stop whinging. <laughs> you have a choice. You take them off. Yes. Uh, or you keep them on. Those are, those are the options. You don't like it, you like it. I don't know. Are they loud in your in your head? Well, uh, no, not any louder than normal. Oh. I do have them quite louder because I'm going deaf. And do you know why I'm going deaf? Because you have your headphones exactly. too loud. Exactly. It's right. a vicious cycle. Isn't it? I've also got terrible tinnitus for having headphones too loudly for the last eight, nine years. Oh, gosh. It's awful. It's awful. It's not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> so, you know, the worst things that could happen. I've got both my legs. Got both my arms. Yeah. So, you know, true. in the great scheme of things, I'm not doing too badly. Bit of tinnitus. What's that? Exactly. Nothing. Yeah. People, real people are suffering out there. True. Anyway, nice weekend. The, oh, gorgeous. Oh. Really got Yesterday I went out. I went for a walk through the Hertfordshire countryside. Fantastic. I borrowed a dog. I saw that. Yes. I borrowed my friend's dog. Yeah. I said, I'm going for this walk. Do you want me to take Darcy? And she said, yes, please. Yes. So six miles I walked yesterday. Darcy Bustle or Mr Darcy? Uh, Which one's it named after? Uh, I presume Darcy Bustle. Is it a girl? It's a girl. OK, it yeah. will be that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we went for a nice walk and then ended up in a pub having a Sunday lunch. Oh, dearie. How man. much better can a Sunday get than that? Well, th- without the dog, it would have been perfect. What's wrong with the dog? Oh, taking the dog for a walk. Filthy, disgusting things. What? Oh, God. It's a big dog as well. I saw the pictures. Labrador. Black Labrador. Yeah. Did it get wet? Did it shake all its stuff all over you? No, it didn't. Did it sniff your crotch? It did get very muddy. Yeah, disgusting. Oh, we were walking through big, thick mud. Horrible. Slipping and sliding all over the place. Why? Oh, dear. It was fun. It sounds sounds hellish. Really? Yeah. You don't like a walk through the countryside? Not with a dog. Not with the countryside or the walking either, if I'm honest. <laughs> but the dog just makes it worse. What, what's a dog done that, that would upset Disgusting you? Disgusting things. They jump up at you. With their... This dog doesn't. Yeah. This good. is a very well-trained dog. Good. Electric collar. <laughs> Electric collar. Lady Penelope. <laughs> what's on your show this morning? Coming up on the big phone in this morning from nine. Do you think shoplifting is a serious crime? Ooh. More people are shoplifting now than at any time in the last 10 years. That's the news today. And the value of those items stolen has increased by two-thirds, costing businesses around £511 million a year. Theft by customers now accounts for 82% of all crime against stores, and retail experts blame the economic downturn for what's been a marked increase in shoplifting in the UK. Well, from nine this morning, I want your views and your experiences. Perhaps you run a shop, perhaps you admit that in the past... You have resorted to shoplifting. I want your views on it as a crime. Is it a serious mm. crime? Yes or no? 08459 455 555. It's the big phone in from nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. I've just found out that when Jonathan was taking this dog for a walk... Wasn't on a lead. Oh dear, deary, deary me. So he was just walking alongside the dog. (laughs) (laughs) The dog was just hitching a ride with his heels. They're just hanging out. Oh dear. Now a row is bubbling away at Buckinghamshire's Bletchley Park as its owners attempt to attract more visitors. Thanks to lottery funding, the Bletchley Park Trust is planning to bring in actors and interactive exhibits to tell the story of the Codebreakers. But the changes mean that some small private heritage collections run by volunteers will have to go, and the National Museum of Computing becomes an entirely separate entity. Well, Ian Standen is the Chief Executive of Bletchley Park Trust and joins me now. Morning, Ian. Good morning, Are you surprised at the level of friction you're encountering over this? 
Well, we're going through a major change project at Bletchley Park at the moment, as you said, an £8 million restoration project funded by the HLF and with a number of other trusts, foundations and corporate sponsors. And this is going to turn the site from um, the derelict buildings that it has been to a world-class heritage attraction. And inevitably in such sort of programmes there's going to be some change and some people won't like it. It's a bit sad about the National Museum of Computing. Why are they being excluded and not, not being part of the tour? Well, I think what you'd be clear is the National Museum of Computing is a separate trust that operates on this site. Indeed, six or seven years ago, they entered into an arrangement whereby they leased some of the wartime buildings to create this museum and have operated um, separately since then. Um, so they're still available on site for visitors to come and see. Uh, we did try to get a single ticketing solution to the site um, last year, but I'm afraid the National Museum of Computing walked away from that arrangement. But it's still available there for visitors to see when they come to the site. But it, but it is connected. It, it, it contains Colossus, doesn't it? Which help crack the code of the German High Command. I mean, what it claims is a replica of the, the Colossus machine, the story of um, breaking the Ren, the Ren cipher that was um, very important here at Bletchley Park is told within the Bletchley Park Trust Galleries, um, and the replica remains available for people to see at the National Museum of Computing. What about the small organisations that you're asking to leave? Bit, bit cold? Well, there's only um, one or two been asked to leave, and these are collections that are currently occupying prime real estate on the site that we need to use to develop and tell the core story of Bletchley Park about the great work done by the code breakers in the Second World War. Can't you accommodate them somewhere else? Well, I'm afraid we can't. We're very limited on space here, so um, you know, I'm afraid we're going to have to park company. Uh, where are you now with the development of the visitor centre? When's it likely to open? It's going to be open in June, um, so we're in the sort of home straight at the moment. Most of the building work is nearly complete. If you come to the site now, it looks pretty much like a building site, but uh, in the next sort of month or so, most of those things will be gone, and then we're fitting out the visitor centre and due to open um, in sort of early June this year. We, we had an email from someone who's, who's been to uh, Bletchley Park recently uh, and, and said that it was one of the most complicated museums he'd ever been to. No logical way around. The amount of information dumped on you uh, is bewildering not a great visitor experience is, is that criticism you're familiar with um, one or two people make those criticisms. If you look at TripAdvisor, um, it rather belies those, those comments. We're a four-and-a-half-star TripAdvisor um, attraction. Many people are giving us very, very high reports. But, of course, that's one of the reasons why doing this project is to continue to improve the visitor experience and make it more coherent for our visitors when they arrive. Ian, I appreciate your time. No doubt we'll speak to you uh, nearer the date when uh, th- things are launched properly. Ian Standen, Chief Executive of the Bletchley Park Trust. If you've been recently... Uh, give me a call. Let me know what your thoughts on it. Do you think it needs a boot up the backside? 08459 four double five five double five. Mark the trucker says, can you turn the wick up on the AM transmitter so I can hear you beyond Stafford? Yes, we'll see what we can do. We'll send uh, Catherine up there uh, in a moment, Mark. Paul says, Dustin Dealey has a great programme on Saturday and your show is Robin to your Batman. Paul, if I could understand more than two words of that, then I would, it would be great. Norman of Linslade says, I'm not sad today, it's my birthday. Ha ha! Best of days. Ha ha! Um, Ian, I think that, that January the 2nd is the bluest day, because you've got another 50 weeks before Christmas. And as for Justin's show, it's mustard, kosher, and great... Can you get kosher mustard these days? And great music and good show. When does the Past the Watershed shows start? Stephen St Albans. Jackie in Cheshire. My Saturday always starts with Justin Dealey. Helen says, Blue Monday, not for me. Looking outside to see fog and ice. I'm happy, happy, happy as I retired last year and I don't have to go out unless I want to. Lynn's in Hazelmere. Morning, Lynn. 
Good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm all right, Lynn. Thank you. What can I do for you? Oh, didn't you sleep very well yesterday? You seem to be alienating half the population. This what are you morning. banging on about, Lynn? Well, you don't like dogs. You no. don't like the girls in the office. Well. Oh, don't like people marrying people of different age. I'm going off people in Hazelmere as well at the moment. Oh, we're very nice in Hazelmere. Yes, yes, yes. No, listen, I have um, uh, minimum respect for Catherine uh, and Kelly, uh, but, uh, but I like to... Uh, you've got to treat them mean and keep them keen, Ooh. I think, to keep them on their toes. You don't want them to get too comfortable. No, I think if you treat people nicely, you get treated nicely back. Let, let me see what happens. Hang on, I'm just going to try and treat uh, Catherine and Kelly nicely. Good morning, girls. Catherine, that red dress looks lovely. And Kelly, I really like the nose piercing you got done over the weekend. What are you after? What do you want? You see what I mean, Lynn? Yes, but, I mean, they don't believe you now, do they? <laughs> Ian, I really like your um, picnic blanket shirt that you're wearing this morning. It looks really nice. goes really nice with your ageing eyes. I've not got Asian eyes. What are you talking about? <laughs> Lynn, you see? Well, I like Justin Dealey's show on Saturday. That's fabulous. It, um, it, it's a good listen, isn't it? It's fabulous. I've been told. Yeah. No, to you say. can listen to it. It's very good. Bye, Justin. We all listen to it here at, in Hazelmere. Well, good. not all of us, but Nixon Court do. Good, good. I'm, I'm glad. I, I, I was working here on Saturday, and I don't normally do it, and it was nice to see, it was nice to see Justin being the captain of his own ship and not the cabin boy of mine. Oh, well, yes, I love his show. He's very nice. He's lovely to everybody. Uh, and, um, oh, 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 oh. Was that a little dig there, Lynn? Oh, just a titchy one. Should I cut you off? Oh, there we go. Douglas is in Barton. Morning, Douglas. Morning. Douglas, what have you got for us? Well, I, I've been there three times, but I went there recently before Christmas. Where's this? To, to Bletchley Park. Oh, Bletchley Park. Sorry, OK. I thought you meant Sorry, that. I thought they'd not, you know. Yes, I, um, I yeah, thought you meant I, I'm appalled at what they're doing. I can oh. understand that they want to get the, the various different huts back to where they were, but they've done away completely with all the artefacts of Churchill, which was a marvellous hall full of Churchill memorabilia. They're doing away with all the toys, the old toys, which the children love when they go with a school party. And I, I think they could accommodate those things somewhere else, but they're just chucking it all out, and it's going to be so bland. I mean, the children won't, won't be interested in, in what went on there to that degree. They like to see that, but also to enjoy the other things that were on. Um, Would you not agree, Douglas? We've had some criticism from people saying that Bletchley at the moment, the museum, is a mess. It's unfathomable. It is a little bit disjointed. I agree with that, yeah. But um, you can have somebody to take you round and explain to you about the place. So I don't think that's really an excuse. We've always enjoyed it when we've been there. I mean, the cinema uh, hasn't been open apart from we did have it opened particularly for us because I donated something and they did open the cinema up, um, which is a lovely little thing. I think they're keeping that, but they're doing away with a lot of the projectors, I believe. Douglas, I've, I've got to end it there just because we're running out of time. Thank you very much for your call. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the Luton Spur on the M1 southbound, two lanes are closed between the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for Luton Airport. So there's no access to the northbound M1 there at the moment. Uh, it's all after an accident and there are queues on the approach. Queues still ongoing after an earlier accident as well on the M1 between 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable Road. And in Clop Hill, there are queues on all approaches to the Clop Hill Roundabout. Not really helped as people have been trying to avoid the M1 today. 
On public transport, Virgin trains have delays of up to 30 minutes possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Jane Killick. Some volunteers are upset they will no longer be needed at the Bletchley Park co-breaking centre in Buckinghamshire. The trust which owns the estate is using lottery funding to open a modern visitor centre. A teenage girl has been taken to hospital after she was found with serious head injuries at a park in Luton. The 15-year-old was discovered by a member of the public in Lusey Park just after 8.30 last night. A woman will appear in court in Edinburgh today, charged in connection with the death of her son. The body of Mikhail Kular, who was three, was found in Woodland in Fife on Friday. The weather, bright or sunny spells developing and mainly dry, with a high of 7 Celsius. On to sport, and Bedford's Alistair Cook has indicated he may step down as England's one-day captain after Australia took an unassailable 3-0 lead in the series. Cook says he'll take stock after the next two games. He admits English cricket needs a lot of change after not turning things around after the whitewash in the Ashes Test Series. In football, Chelsea maintained their Premier League title challenge with a 3-1 win over Manchester United at Stamford Bridge and Tottenham moved up to fifth in the table with a 3-1 win at Swansea. Watford are still pondering the controversial sending off of Gabriel Angela on Saturday. The match at Bournemouth ended in a one-all draw. Goalkeeping coach Alec Chamberlain remains frustrated. I couldn't tell from in, in real time whether the player had gone down from a challenge from Fitz or from Manu from a distance I was at. So they're obviously closer to it, but um, you know we'll have a close look at the laptop on the way home, I'm sure, and then we'll be able to make more of an informed uh, you know, debate about it afterwards. In tennis, third seed Maria Sharapova has been knocked out of the Australian Open by Dominika Sibrukova after losing top seed Serena Williams as well. It's just Victoria Azarenka who remains of the women's top three seeds after she beat Sloane Stephens 6-3, 6-2. And Wimbledon champion Andy Murray is sailing through his match against Stefan Robert. Murray is currently two sets to love up. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. I'll be back with a full bulletin at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Alan uh, Winter. Who's who's Alan Winter? Do we know who Alan D. Winter is? Do we know who he is? Alan D. Winter? Yeah. Is he an author? He's the Houghton Regis Town Councillor. Is he the one that was rude about me on Twitter? Can't remember. Anyway, he's, uh, he's just tweeted, Ian Lee accidentally... Accidentally switched 3CR on early. Accidentally, so it was him. First thing I heard is Mr Lee apologising for the way he speaks about BBC 3CR ladies. Ladies? Hashtag retune. Does that mean he's retuning to us for a Permanently. Permanently. I don't know. I think, I'm sure this is the gentleman that was rude to me once or something. He said something rude and then he deleted it. How do you accidentally tune in and stay listening? And then stay listening and then tweet about accidentally tuning in and listening. I like this guy. I like Alan D. Wind. I like everybody. Do you know who else I like? Janet. She says you're an obnoxious man and would be better suited to another profession and yet she texts you almost every day. Janet? Hi, Janet. Hey, Janet. Nice to speak to you. Give us a call. Uh, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Yeah? Yeah. Groovy. Um, uh, this is one of the joys of doing a show like this. Lots of people hate me. Uh, that's not that's not so joyful. But they constantly listen because they like being angry, and I'm I'm happy to provide that service. <laughs> I hate you, and I work with you, and I'm happy to provide this service. 
Jane's in Aylesbury. Morning, morning, Jane. Jane. Morning, Ian. Oh, Jane, there's a lovely echo on your line. What have you got for us today? Um, I have been married to a chap that was nine years older than me. Now I'm going out with a chap that's nine years younger than me. Oh, so that's an 18-year age gap bracket. <laughs> no, only one at a time. So how old are you, Jane? 50? 53. 53. Okay. okay. Uh, so you're 53. So that means the gentleman is... Uh, um, how does it work going out with a younger man? It can be a stroppy little scorebury sometimes. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he can't get his own way, he has a little strop. And how do you deal with that? I just let him get on with it. <laughs> I just walk out and let him get on with it. <laughs> and when you're going out with an older man, nine years older... Did, did people kind of, you know, say things? No, no, because um, I was 33 when I, um, I got married, yeah. and he was obviously nine years older than me. Um, so, yeah, but I, lo- I lost my husband just after eight years, just before eight years, um, and I've been on my own now until I met this chap. When you're dating and you are older, and I put myself in the older category... How does it work? Do you, do you, what do you do? Do you go online? Does someone come up to you at a bus stop? What happens? <laughs> when you go on a date, you just go to the, like the cinema or go out to dinner. But, but how did he approach you? Was it, was it he sat behind you on the bus? He went, all right, I'll, I'll sit behind you on the bus every single day. I think you look smashing. Smashin'. Let's go out to the pictures. Is that, <laughs> Is that what, what he did? He did? <laughs> we met on a dating website. Oh, I see. Yes. And did he look like his picture? Yes. He did, he did actually, um, but he in the picture he was more ginger. But when I met him, he was a little bit darker. Well, there you go, Jane. Thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. One of my favourite songs is by a band called Their Name Escapes Me, the London something, and the song is no. No, and it's not the London Boys. The song they is... They were good. They were excellent. They both died in a car crash. No, they didn't. Pretty sure the London Boys died in a car crash in Switzerland. No. Are you talking about London Grammar? No. Um, and they have a song called I'm 18, She's 30, Does That Make Me Dirty? Oh. It's a good actually. lyric. It's a really good song, actually. I mean, I mean that's it, but... So you know that we've been wondering where Dave in Luton slash Sue slash Dennis slash... Well, not Dave in Luton, because Dave is banned. Dave's banned. But the, 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 yes. Well, we were getting quite worried. He was a regular caller last year, yeah. rang every single day, sometimes even more than he needed to. <laughs> um, I've just called him and his phone's off. That is worrying, isn't it? It is worrying. This is the thing, you see, you should never become attached to the callers, because inevitably they do, things do happen to them. I miss him already. OK, maybe what, could you... Sue, can you give us a call? Or John. Maybe you could try calling Dennis? him. Okay, yeah, shush, shush. Maybe you could try and give him a call th- throughout the day. Okay, all right. Doesn't that constitute harassment? No, we're... T- no, not I'm checking up on him. We're doing what... Um, is it Yvette McKeveney? Colette McKeveney from Age Concern is always saying we should do? Are you che- saying that he's old? Yes. Okay. Check on your elderly... No, no, no. The callers may come and go as they see fit. We don't chase them up. That's not fair, is it? What if... I just want to see if he's okay. Hmm. What, something's happened to him. Well, that's why I want to see if he's OK. OK, well, let's see what happens. Hopefully, he's just tuned to heart and he's OK. <laughs> Hopefully. 08459 455 555. Shall we have a look at the front page of the newspapers? Yes, let's. The Independent. Putin. I'm happy to talk to Elton John on gay rights. Page 25. Oh, I'm going to page 25. 
Putin's charm offensive is lies. The Russian president, keen to meet Sir Elton John, is at pains to say that gay athletes and visitors are welcome at the Winter Olympics. Apparently it's lies. Labour will make jobless take maths and English tests. Shadow Minister tells The Independent those who refuse training will lose benefits. The jobless would lose their unemployment benefit under a Labour government if they failed a basic skills test and refused training. In an interview with The Independent, Rachel Reeves, the Shadow Work and Pension Secretary, revealed a tough love strategy to stop the unemployed staying on the dole for up to three years. Wowzers. And police corruption cannot be eliminated. What? Corruption inside law enforcement agencies is impossible to eliminate, according to the man charged with tackling malpractice inside Scotland Yard. Well, that's good to know, isn't it? You can never trust uh, the police. Thanks, guys. The Times. Who's this beautiful woman on the front page. I say beautiful, she's too skinny. <clears throat> Donatella Versace's flamboyantly embellished creations kicked off the four days of Paris Couture Week last night in spectacular style. Well, why Why is a fashion show on the front page of a newspaper? Really, what's the point? Who cares? Nobody cares apart from the models and their mums. That's it. Uh, 130 private schools in child abuse scandal. Now, here's a story. Attacks on hundreds of boys at elite establishments. Teachers at 130 independent schools have been implicated in sex crimes against hundreds of children. Uh, an, an, an analysis by The Times reveals today. Experts warn of a looming scandal over the... Bu- oh, here's a surprise. Experts warn of a looming scandal over the abuse of boys in boarding schools. Really? No. It goes on there? No. I won't believe a word of it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. The front page of the uh, Telegraph. Britain sent by Al-Qaeda to launch attacks on the US. UK Islamists fighting in Syria are being trained to return as jihadists, according to um, Defector. There's a picture of a couple here. A retired British man was killed protecting his wife from armed robbers during a dream voyage in the Caribbean. Roger Pratt, 62, from Warwickshire, died on Friday after attackers boarded the couple's yacht moored off the island of St Lucia. Um, Lord Renard ready to defy Clegg. This is a story we've been talking about and rejoin Lib Dem peers. Lord Renard is planning to sit with Liberal Democrat peers on the government benches in the House of Lords later today in an open defiance of Nick Clegg. Senior Lib Dems are now battling to prevent the peer who's been at the centre of sexual harassment claims from inflicting what would be one of the most high-profile and public embarrassments of Clegg's leadership. Lord Renard, of course, denies all of the charges... uh, levelled at him. The front page of The Guardian patient records to be sold from NHS database Uh, a man in a blue outfit is jumping in the air, looks like he's scored a goal Uh, and tech firms make last minute bid to halt tax clampdown Really? Joyce is in Leegrave. Morning Joyce Hello. Joyce what can I do for thee? Well I'd like you to uh, let all our public know please that it's really icy out there and the pavements are bad and the cars are bad, they're scratching them all up, they can't get in the doors with the locks. What? So it would be nice, could you give them a warning, please? Give who a warning? 
Well, all the parents go to school and people walking on the paths, etc. Like we used to have years ago when they'd say, be careful, the roads and the pavements are bad, they haven't been gritted, etc. But people, we're more intelligent than we were in the olden days. People will know that, won't they, by, I don't know, looking and walking. But the thing being, if you were rushing around with the children, getting them ready in the morning and everything, you don't have time to go out there. I just had to go out now to the dustbin, put some stuff in, and I had to bang it with a sweeping brush because it's really frozen stiff. Okay, so so here we go. I'll do a warning. Uh, If you're listening to this, uh, this is a BBC Three Counties Radio public announcement system. Uh, Your bins may be frozen. Please warn them on the safety on the roads and get out there early. But Joyce, it's not a surprise, is it, that that in the middle of January it's going to be a bit frosty out there? It is, but it would be rather nice to warn people. Okay, well, you, you... mums and dads getting ready. And okay, everything. well, do you want to do the warning? No, no, oh. I've got to go because I'm waiting for. Uh, someone to pick me up. Hopefully, they'll be late. I suppose. Well, they, frost I, on they, the road. I should have warned them, and then yeah. they would be. Where are you going? Anywhere nice? Very good. Uh, just to Sainsbury's at Birmingham Park today. Oh, lovely. What are you going to get? I don't know yet till I get there. Mm. You don't. You don't do a shopping list. No, 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 no. Because it never works out, does it? I normally leave it on the kitchen table. I was wondering, does anybody do a shopping list anymore? <laughs> because uh, my mum always used to do a shopping list, and I don't think people do. If I if I'm being sent specific instructions by my wife. I will possibly write it down. But generally, you just go and have a little look-see, don't you? But you buy lots of things that you didn't intend to, and yep. you come back and you look in the cupboard, yep. and, oh, dear, you haven't got any so-and-so. Oh. OK, nice talking to you. Uh, yep. Bye. There we go. That's it. Joyce decides when that phone call ends. I like that. I you love d- Joyce. Well, uh, Kelly, you, you will never... You don't even know what a shopping list is, do you? Uh-huh. There we go, you see. Catherine. I make a shopping list because otherwise I forget stuff. I, I plan my menus, is that? You do one of those. My friend, he has a blackboard. You've got a friend? In his kitchen. Yep, uh, yeah, I'm calling it a blackboard. What are you going to do about it? Sue me? They can't sue me, can they? Uh, who? So he's got um, a, a board that he writes on in the kitchen. Of what you've run out of? No, and he writes, he plans out his menu for the whole week. So you'll, oh. go, you'll go around there and on a Sunday, the whole week is planned out. Well, that's nice. Is it? Um, or is it odd? Well, I bet you don't end up eating beans with cheese on. Oh, cheesy beans. Because there's nothing else in the fridge. Hey, who fancies um, a prisoner's Dixie, later? Dixie, I'm starving. Dixie's or prisoner's? Ian, Dixie's. I'm about to dial um, Elizabeth up for the weather. What words shall I make her say during her weather bulletin? So uh, far we've had um, boom, shakalaka, no, shakalaka boom yeah. and sick. Uh, get her to say uh, pri- Buff- prisoners. Buffings. Buffings. What is Buffings? They're a band, weren't they? The Buffings. Were they? That's not my name. That's not my name. Tingtings. I interviewed. Did the... we ever establish what her name was? I, I did. I interviewed the Buffings once. Oh dear me. The Tingtings. They were. Um, they were not a, a good interview. Whatever happened to them? Nothing after that catchy uh, novelty song. Uh, so that serves them right for being rude to me during an interview. The Buffings. Oh, wait. Name's wrong. Lionel Blair did it to you this weekend, didn't he? Oh, Lionel Blair thought I was called Lee. I was in a dressing room full of Lionel Blair, uh, his agent, another um, uh, Big Brother reject, and Dane Bowers, and they're all calling me Lee. <laughs> What's Dane Bowers doing in the mix? <laughs> Just, you know, he's working it. He's working it. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 southbound on the Luton Spur, there's one lane closed now between the Kidneywood roundabout and 10 for Luton Airport after an accident. Really slow on Airport Way and on the sensors and also the surrounding routes struggling at the moment. In Clop Hill, there are queues on all of the approaches to the Clop Hill roundabout. And the M25 anti-clockwise very slow between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. On public transport, Virgin trains have delays of up to half an hour possible on trains between Euston and Milton Keynes. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Eight forty-six. It's Monday, the twentieth of January. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Disabled people take their case against the bedroom tax to the High Court today. Long-term supporters of Bletchley Park say they're upset by the modernisation of the attraction. I do apologise, little windy pops there. In cricket, Bedford's Alistair Cook is considering stepping down as England's one-day captain after another defeat by Australia. I think he should step down as an Englishman. 08459 455 555. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Which is, uh, well, below freezing. Elizabeth, I'm so sorry. I had the wrong fader. Could we start again? Yes, frosty. Frosty. There we go. Frosty, might have to do some windscreen scraping, temperatures below freezing. We've got some mist and fog patches as well. They could be quite slow to clear, but we will see some brightness develop, particularly into the afternoon, some spells of sunshine. So some nice buffetings weather around today. Now, top temperatures of around uh, six or seven degrees, where we do get the best of the sunshine, but colder where we keep the mist and the fog for the morning. Now, as we head into this evening and overnight, again, all that mist and fog is going to reform and I think it's going to be denser, it's going to be more extensive into tomorrow morning. It may well cause some travel problems, temperatures down to around one or two degrees in the towns. Of course, a little bit lower than that in the uh, in the rural spots now. Uh, for tomorrow, dry, rather grey and drab though, not too much in the way of buffeting's brightness and sunshine tomorrow, but at least it will stay dry until Tuesday evening into Wednesday when we're likely to see some rain just spread in from the west. That's the forecast. Thank you very much. Buffing. Roberto Peroni. We'll talk about your partner's annoying habits this after a woman filed for divorce after just one week. I, I know I, I snore and I snore badly, but I can't help it. Roberto Peroni. It's Friday. Why am I even bothering to go to work today? You've got to. You never know when a dope suddenly appears in front of you and you've got to dive in. You need a lot of love, a bit of patience to keep a relationship going. Sometimes turn a blind eye. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, April has just confirmed that, yes, the London boys were killed in a car crash in Austria in 1996. 1996. What was the London boys' song? You're the love of my life. My, my life, life. My, my life. life. They also did... Um, they also did... Justin, what was the, do you remember the other London boys' song? Uh, London, London Nights. Where the party's on and the feelings London Nights. They both died in a car crash, 1996. I didn't know that. That's uh, terrible. And then one of the... the, the I don't know which one, but... One of the gentleman's wife that also died in a car crash. This Goodness sounds like me. someone's been messing with Wikipedia. No, honestly. It's, it's, it's London nights. I want to party now in the feelings right. London nights. Backflip. Backflip. You don't get... Though I miss those kind of 80s, early 90s kind of stock Aitken Waterman pop acts where it's a weird... Yeah. Like, like, um, 
Oh. Millie Vanilli? Millie Vanilli? Yes. Who? The fake Millie Vanilli. Who didn't sing on their own record. They were fraudsters. And then they brought out a record where it was them singing. It was awful. <laughs> who was, um, who did um, uh, Blame It on the Boogie? Not the Jacksons. Oh, Big Fun. Big, Big Fun! Mm. What happened to Big Fun? I don't are know. They, let's track them down. Are they the ones who did Instant Replay? Did, or was that Instant Replay by Instant Replay? Uh, no, I think they did do that, actually, yes. Oh. What they did, they did a load of tacky cover versions that people went out and bought. Big Fun. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm googling them. I tell you why we're talking about it. We, we um, uh, at the weekend, I was doing Big Brother, and um, uh, Dane Bowers. Oh yeah. From another level. Was he another level? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. And also the Sidesteppers. Was he in the Sidesteppers? He did that cover. No, he did You're a duet. He did a duet with Don't, Victoria Beckham. You're out of your oh, mind. Yeah. <laughs> the Hot Steppers. The Hot Steppers. And, but he's, he's starting another boy band for this ITV2 oh. show, The Reunion. Leave it, Dane. It's Dane, it's Kavanagh, <laughs> it's <laughs> Gareth Gates, mm. and it's two other gentlemen. I can't remember who they are. Forget Cream. This is a supergroup. It is a supergroup. Yeah. Oh, no. They need to accept it's not their turn anymore. Oh, no. I love stuff like He's a very nice bloke, Dane Bowers, actually. Is he? Yeah, he was a really nice no boy. wonder he's happy. Have you seen the amount of attractive women that he's been out with yep. over the years? Yeah. Yep, How does yep. he do it? Him and Gaffney. Yeah, they, they work it. Anyway, Jess, we'll come to you in a second, because I want to mm. talk to Steve in Redbourne first. Is that OK? Yeah, cool. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Steve. Good morning. Good morning, Steve. How are you coping with Blue Monday? I'm loving it. I'll be honest with you. I think you've blown Blue Monday out of the water, haven't you? I, I, we've, we've tried to work some anti-Blue Monday magic. Yeah, it's been good. Good morning. I've enjoyed every bit of it. Oh, well, that, every bit of it? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I've, I've, you've made us all laugh, I think. What, even this bit? Boom shakalak. That was fantastic, absolutely, yeah. Wow. That, that, was, that was the pinnacle of it, wasn't it, really? It, it was... <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, I, I'm so grateful that you and many other listeners have such low standards. It, it makes my job tenable. Well, you don't know my, my standards myself, so, you know, mine, mine are so low, you ought to see hey, programs I watch. Speaking of low standards, OK, like, <laughs> look, Justin Daly does a show on Saturday mornings at 9 till 12, OK? And well, I really, I really want to big it up for him. So, do yeah. you, first of all, Steve, do you listen to it? I do, every Saturday. And, and what do you think of it? It's good. If you want anything playing, you, you just ring him up and ask him to play it. Yeah. Have you, have you ever called him up? Yes, I have. And he played one of my favourite songs of all time, which is Cream Puff uh, by Johnny Nash. Did you play Cream Puff by Johnny Nash, Just? I did indeed, yes. Yeah, OK. Well, there you go. Steve, listen, I appreciate your input. A lot of good feedback. A lot, lot of good comps today, Justin. Well, yeah, you know, the thing is, though, Ian, we like to go under the radar with that programme. Oh, sorry. Well, yeah, you Should know, I not we... have been mentioning it? No, 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 that's fine. You're we right. We like to that's... discuss sneak under the radar. That's, how, ra- that's wanna... how radio works, isn't it? We don't want people to listen. No, no, no. But, you know, we, we just do a show, a three-hour show on a Saturday morning. We don't go around shouting about it. We keep under the radar, and <laughs> we just do it every single week, and we leave yeah. it at that. No, that's, that's why you don't work in commercial radio because that's not the attitude at all. Mm. Uh, I've got a text here from Janet Ian uh, uh, who texted me earlier and texts me most days. Uh, I most certainly do not send Mr Lee a text every day. (laughs) She's she's listening and texting in. That's two in one day. There we go, Janet, making up for lost time. Mm. Um, What have we got here? Uh, Alan in Luton says, Bletchley Park, I think it's an absolute disgrace what the management are doing, destroying some of the main attractions. And I've just Googled Big Fun. They were an English boy band, 1988 to 1994. Featuring Phil Kresic, Jason Herbert. Don't know who the third one was. Uh, all three members of the band are gay, but were told by Pete. This haven't times changed, but were told by Pete Walsham and they could not come out as it would ruin their career. Oof. 
that funny? Yeah. I mean, that, it's hilarious. Uh, after disbanding, Kresik became a painter and decorator, and John returned to being a model booker. Mm. Big fun or gay? Justin, Blue yes. Monday. Yeah, apparently it's the most depressing day of the year. We've uh, had some giggles this morning, mate. There's been some funny times We've now. had some giggles, <laughs> some gigs and comps. I told you earlier on what makes me really happy. Porky scratchings. Oh, you know, porky scratch. Can you really get hairy ones? You can do. And, and people, again, will back me up on this one. Porky scratchings, hairy porky scratchings, uh, certainly make me happy. So, as it's Blue Monday today, the most depressing day of the year, I've been out into the streets this morning asking people if they are depressed and also what makes them happy. And here's what happened. Hey, Tom, good morning. It's Blue Monday, but you're smiling. You seem quite happy. I am, because I'm going shopping. <laughs> Apart from shopping, what makes you happy? Sex. S-E-X. I know how to spell it. <laughs> what about pork scratchings? Mm, not my favourites. I mean, the hairy ones are delicious, aren't they? <laughs> you're changing my thoughts in my mind. That's what you're doing. Philip, do you know what today is? Oh, God, I can't even remember what the date is today. Monday. <laughs> it is Monday. It's Blue Monday. It's the most depressing day of the year. Do you feel more depressed today? No, not particularly. Say something that's going to cheer our listeners up. Um, it's the start of a week. If it's Monday for you, it can really only get better, can't it? Uh, what makes you happy, Philip? Hanging out with my friends, reading a good book, listening to some music. What about hairy pork scratchings? Do they make you happy? Never really developed a taste for them. <laughs> when was the last time you tried them? Last week, actually, down the pub. No, that were, they were those kind of icky, soft, squidgy type ones rather than the crunchy ones, so I just thought not really worth bothering with. Intercom man, good morning. Today it's Blue Monday. It's the most depressing day of the year. Do you feel depressed? I do this morning, yeah. Tell us why. I don't know. It's just something about the morning today. So you go along with the fact there's something about today that's making you even more depressed? Yeah, I would have to say so, yeah. Interesting feedback. And um, what makes you happy? For me, it's Paul Scratchings. What about you? What makes you happy? It's a lovely answer. Intercom, man, it's an absolute pleasure as always. Um, try and have a good day, won't you? Maxina, it's Blue Monday. Blue it's Monday. the most depressing day of the year. I've got the love of God in my soul and I'm always happy. I, I get up every morning and I feel blessed. So did you wake up this morning and say, God, it's Blue Monday, help me? I got up this morning and says, this is the day you've made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you, bye. Well, some very positive... Um, mm. excellent, excellent of that gentleman to spell S-E-X for any yes. young ears that are listening. It was very kind of him, very, very kind. But that's what makes him happy, that shopping and uh, the occasional pork scratching. I, um, I've had a tweet from Scott who once bought a belly of pork and it had a nipple on it. <laughs> does that... That happens, does it? I suppose so. I, mean, I don't go out and buy this stuff and cook it. It's no, your mum does. Me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's made for me. Yeah. So I wouldn't know. Incredible stuff. I mean, I, I'm still toying with the idea of meat, eating meat. I think I'm going to wait six months. I'm going to sit on it for six Six months. I just think you're missing out. You know, yeah. I know why you want to become a vegetarian. I know why other people want to become yeah. a vegetarian. But when it comes to to eating out, I just couldn't go out and not eat meat. That's just my personal well, opinion. Should we put it to the test? You're going to come for a Dixie's with us after this. I'll come for a Dixie's. Yes. Beautiful. We'll see you there, boss. Thanks. Bye. Ta-ta. Ta- there we go. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Dixie's is a code for a posh fry up. It means that it's the posh fry up we're going to go for today. A little bit classy, and also it's an all you can eat buffet. Which is, uh, sorry? Yes, it's that posh. It's an all-you-can-eat buffet of uh, cold scrambled eggs. How many plates are you going to try and go for? Three. Three?
three. Minimum of three. Okay. Look at Jonathan Vernon Smith's face. He looks disgusted. Mm. or Disgusted no, or excited. He's happy, he's, happy. he's excited. Listen, sack off the first hour of your show, get Tim to do it, and come and have a buffet with us. Or you can eat buffet. Oh, I'd love to see Jibs at a buffet. Oh, I bet he'd work it properly. He'd work he it. He put, he'll pile the bread around the side so you can get more on the plate. Not only is it great food, you also get a lovely <laughs> view of, of Luton. What are your... He's just whispered in my ear, harvest the trousers. they got an elastic band, waistband. Is that what it is? Yes, good oh. lad. Well done. Well done. Well, that's it. We kind of petered out for the last 40 minutes, but we never mind. Do that yeah, thing, sometimes yeah. we have news. Do we? Not anymore. Not, un- not under the new regime. You're going to go fried or scrambled? Uh, scrambled first, fried second. Ooh. Mm. I might have fried egg on the scrambled egg. No. Yeah. Egg on egg? Yeah, egg on egg. Egg, some, wow. some hot egg on egg action. I say hot, it'll be cold and damp egg on egg action, but that's what's going to happen. Right, thank you very much, everyone who took part. I should just say. Uh, and this isn't just to fill up the last 40 seconds of the show, uh, that there is a new podcast out. It was put out last Friday. It's a cracking one. It features the full interview with uh, the Beds PCC, Ollie Martins. If you missed it last week, it is... Well, I was going to say it's the most uncomfortable interview I've ever done. Then, then I worked with Lionel Blair on Saturday. So... If you've not seen that, wow, Google that. Uh, It's one of the most uncomfortable interviews I've ever done. Ollie Martins comes on the air and admits uh, that he had uh, revealed top-secret classified uh, information to somebody else that he wasn't meant to. Very, very awkward. If you want to hear the full thing, you can go to the BBC iPlayer or you can go and download the podcast by going to either the BBC Three Counties uh, website or by going to iTunes and typing in Ian Lee BBC. Right, let's get the travel news now. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound on the Luton Spur, there's a lane closed between the Kidneywood roundabout and 10 for Luton Airport after an accident. The accident... No. Oh, I'm so, Alice, I'm so sorry. I've got my microphone on and I'm talking to the production team. What That's a shoddy okay. end to the show. I'm so... Away you go. I'm glad I didn't swear. Well, it's on the Luton Airport Spur um, after an accident and it's very slow on the airport way and also the surrounding routes. M25 anti-clockwise, very slow between 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. The A5 also struggling towards the centre of Dunstable, uh, slow from Chalk Hill there. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm so sorry, Alice. Let's pretend this never happened, and we'll start again tomorrow, shall we? Absolutely fine. You're a very, very good sport. Let's let's get a professional broadcaster in. JVS, please, help us. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. I'll try. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Monday. It's nine o'clock and on today's big phone-in. Do you think shoplifting is a serious crime? More people.